yeah. From the cozy confines of the Starburns Industries recording booth, Harmontown is now in session. Put your hands together for Steve Levy, everybody. Hey. And the mayor of Harmontown, Dan Harmon. All right. <clears throat> Thank you for waiting. Can I get a little more of my favorite person in my headphones? Is that possible? I hear myself better. You want more of me? I tried to dance around it, but it's me. Um, thank you for waiting if you're a subscriber and you're watching. Um, Sorry, I, if it came up late, that was my fault. I got here late. Uh, and also, you know... Here's some apologies. We'll just start with the show with apologies because we're this is like our second really official week doing this out of here. We did one week where it was like church was running around with a camera. This is our second week of like, all right, here we go. We're broadcasting from this booth, so it's you know it's lit like a preschool, um, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna try to make it a little prettier. Um, it it it's we're, we're we'll try to. We'll try to come up with a system where we're starting right at eight so that you, the subscribers, can at least be gaining things from this transitional period. Like, okay, at least I know it's on time now that there's no audience. Um, who knows if you like the audience more or hate the audience and are so happy that we're doing this, but in any case, like, we, we, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're in progress. Like, we're gonna keep on, like, Evolving this is the, is the castle going to be a thing again? Is that is that going to get back online? Like, yeah, yeah. I, we are currently as active as as human beings possibly could be in trying to legitimize that um, space. Um, it's a bunch of city hall stuff. Burbank is a a city where uh, you know parrots are wild. They have wild parrots in Burbank. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a crazy town. You can still walk. In off the street into a vacuum cleaner repair shop. Those are my favorite. Uh, it's a it's an old world uh, uh, community underneath a, a, a frozen chocolate shell of of antiquity and uh, provinciality. <laughs> and they saw nine hundred millennials on a sidewalk at you know late at night, and they freaked out. And but and I'm not saying they they well, also we were in violation of a thousand codes that right. we didn't know we were in violation. And yet Chili John's runs unhindered. <laughs> Yeah, that that place just just deals in diarrhea, and yet they are, they're they're allowed to function freely. So there's a whole process, and maybe we can I don't know people a little NPR of us, but maybe we can make it part of the uh, maybe we can do like remote pieces where we have Nolan like check in with us. Basically, his full time job because he used to eat what he killed in terms of booking the room. Uh, now, now he's just a man without a country, so we're paying him, uh, as much as we can to make his job to, like, get the venue legitimized. So he's, like, having to interact with city hall people and, and, and he's gotta go to meetings and things. And we should be documenting that. We should, can, is it possible for us to take, like, a little Zoom and go out there and, and, like, podcast from city hall while we're, while we're trying to clear this crap up? A Zoom, a Microsoft Zoom? A Microsoft Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what's the little recording thing? A, zo- a Zoom. A I, don't, zoom. I, I, I just hadn't heard the word Zoom in a while. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I like that we have churches hanging out in the booth with us. Yeah, I like it too. Hello, church. Um, so, yeah. Church is wearing her, uh, what can only be described as Matrix trash bag outfit. <laughs> I love 
Um, the, uh, and I, and as long as we're, we're, we're shining a spotlight on some of the, uh, like, like Nolan's out there hitting the hard, sweaty streets of Burbank, dodging wild parrots, trying to get our permits back. And, uh, you know, let's, let's doff our cap to Chris Baruff, who, you know, Ooh. we're, we're, we're crammed into Burbank's largest Harmon owned, uh, VO booth. When I, when we were building the studio, the room that we're sitting in right now was, uh, was full of like boxes of, uh, social security numbers <laughs> and inspirational posters from a failed tax, uh, company. Oh. And there was a, literally a guy in the, in the corner of the room with the last phone plugged into the wall, no desk standing and basically saying, um, yeah, I gotta call you back. Into the phone next to a garbage bin full of everyone's taxes. I mean, if you were nefarious, if you were a dumpster diver, you could have walked out of this place with like it would have been like an Equifax on a very low scale because probably a bunch of Burbank <laughs> business owners' uh, social security numbers. But anyways, this place was a pile of garbage. We built, and I said, let's build a booth. Uh, you know, the partners at Starburns were like, all right. And we started talking specs, and I was like, guys, one of these days, we're going to be podcasting out of this thing. Make it big. Still not big enough to podcast out of comfortably. I mean, not make it look cool. And Chris is, therefore, my point is, Chris, I think, I think Chris it, is a hero right this now. This is the same size as Howard Stern's little... Well, I think I, I don't think that's true. I think, you know how it is, like, in TV, it's like, whenever, um, uh, you know, and I'm sure you at home, you know how this works, when they build a set for your TV show, uh, they, they, it's like, it always looks way too big, you know? You always go like, oh, this is a show about poor people, why is their house so big? And then the, then the DP always says, trust me, it's going to look like... Confined, I think that the Howard Stern room is probably twice the size. No, of it's it's the cameras make it look bigger because have you ever seen the Wheel of Fortune, the, the actual physical wheel? It's <laughs> tiny. It's it's like it's like five feet across. It looks twenty feet across, but if you if, like the, like the, everything on TV, the, the Jeopardy set is like as big as this room. But the, you you put four cameras in there and you get some angles going and it looks giant. It's all bullshit. Well, I mean, you're kind of implying that Chris is doing a bad job, because it's like, if it looks cramped in here, then you're saying it's, I have, it's on him. I've not seen it on camera. We, we don't have the same kind of... We don't have Jeopardy cameras in here. We've got... Also, our, uh, on our I think, bottoming off our list of apologies, like, last week, I think I think we were like... I was in a full-on blackout, not so much from drunkenness, but just from, like, uh, man shame. Um, I, I didn't hear the show, but you told me a little bit about it. Uh, but, but, I, what, and I didn't watch it and I'm afraid to listen to it, but I, but I, what I do know is that apparently our faces were behind the microphones the entire time. Like, I think that people by and large are like, hey, I like it. I'm, I'm a person that listens to the podcast. I, I, I wasn't getting as much, uh, maybe they're getting something indirectly out of the 200 people in the audience, but then there's other things to be gained from our ability to focus and things. I, I'm sure it's a mixed bag. I'm sure it's a mixed bag, Aunt Natalie. But you're subscribers, so we take you very seriously. Uh, did, did you solve, uh, sexism and, uh, and no. sexual assault last week? And I didn't set out to. What I, I don't, I don't know what I said. I talked for two hours trying to convince people I was a good person, but my important, the important thing that I wanted to talk about that week was it's time for guys to be having these conversations with guys and with each other, with each other and with themselves. And, and, and it's, and, and maybe, and, and that guys, and, and, and then, and then having said that, I wanted to confine things to expressing my own self to, to set an example. And I don't want to say, well, guys are like this and girls are like that, but I'm sure I said a bunch of that. But like, what I, what I wanted to do was say like, okay, from now on, the rule is we speak for ourselves. Um, you know, and, and so I wanted to just say, 
Like that's where I'm at. Consciousness has been upheaved. Um, that's good. You have to aerate soil. You have to uh, chisel the ice when you clean the freezer. Tightly packed things that you don't have to think about. They are flawed things. Whether your revolution is racial, class-based, gender-based, whatever it is, however, one man, a million man, non-binary march, any, whatever, whatever the movement is, I think it's all, as my therapist said, it can all be summed up as consciousness examining unconsciousness and saying you need to be examined you can't you can't keep ruling from beneath and as a, I'm sure I'm saying stuff that I already said last week but as a writer I celebrate the unconscious I was always like the oh I'm the grimy monster I'm going to teach you that the things that you don't think about are more important than the things that you do think about and you're being dishonest with yourself but narcissism is out It's not fashionable anymore. Oh, no! Yeah. I was just getting good at it. And, like, because it's okay to be a big baby, but you gotta... But now I think the new rule is, okay, but don't, like, don't just brag about it and be like, okay, I'm going to do nothing about this. Like, otherwise, I, I feel like a fossil. Well, yeah, I mean, we're dinosaurs, like, like, we're not even that old, but, but our way of thinking is just not gonna do it anymore. Like, we, we're not allowed to skate by on the, the, the presumption that what we say goes, because it, that was never a cool presumption in the first right. place, but now, uh, it's, uh, we, we have to adjust. We, we must adjust. The, 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 we must. We, we must. must. We, we must adjust our bust. bust. Yeah. The bigger, the better, the tighter the sweater. Hey, the can, I, depend can, on us. can I do a little house cleaning and talk about an issue that I don't know the answer to? Okay. Uh, we're sitting here holding some beautiful glassware made by Jane Cook, one of our solid, lifelong Harmanians. And yes. yet, I've, I, I've it's been brought to my attention that she has now left the fold, that she, she's boy, boycotting us, or, or, or what, what's happening? I, I, I know what you know. I don't know anything. I, I don't, yeah, I don't Was know. it because of last week? Because of your... I don't know. I don't know. I would find that hard to believe. I don't think so. I think it's possible... She texted that... me today and said that she was at the, the library bar in New York and wished I was there. And so that, I mean, it's, it's not like she's mad at me. Maybe she's just mad at you or Harmontown or what? Is it definitive? Is it is it safe to say she's mad? I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't know if it is. What, what, I, what do we know? Like, I, I, I tell you what I know. I got a text from her saying that she was going to stop listening to the show, stop kind of following it. Like, but she didn't characterize it as uh, as uh, like sour grapes as or... a complaint. But you know, we're used to processing oh, right. the, the announcement that you're going to sever a connection with something as right. punitive. But right. I don't. Also, then the question would be: Well, then what would you do if you wanted to be healthy? You know, a dis, uh, an honorable discharge. What would you? What would you do? I. You know, she's in a unique position because most people have the luxury of uh, they can just stop listening to also, podcasts. We we asked we, we asked her tonight to come from New York to be on the show. And she declined. <laughs> she didn't have the guts to show up. And defend herself. I think when you look at it from her perspective, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak as objectively as possible without any speculation of her subjective uh, experience. But I would say, as somebody, it's pretty easily observable that she was very entrenched with the listenership. She was she was basically running a kind of unofficial slash official. Emotionally official, uh, Facebook page, a Facebook or... group of 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 listeners and all these things. Like like when you're that when you're that when you're listening is that active. 
yeah. then you're then you're then something that for the rest of us can just be eh, forget Game of Thrones. It has to be an announcement. Yeah, I mean, but like I've always thought. It's kind of like a sign of uh, emotional <laughs> maturity and awesomeness when our when our our regular people stopped coming. Like NT doesn't go to the show anymore. Once in a while, maybe, but but a lot of people just go to the drawing room while we're doing this. Like that's their Harmontown now is being at the bar. Some people, yeah, they fill up their little cup. I, who was the Russian guy? What was Anatoly? Yeah, Anatoly used to come. He was the you know. It's like and then like if you're immature, you go like, oh, so you just wanted attention, and now that you're not like a special audience member, now you're just gonna bail. But it's like there's a positive way of saying that, which is, oh, you were like a friend of the show, and like you experienced the show on a higher level. And but also like like if if I went to five Grateful Dead concerts, I could go. I've seen enough Grateful Dead concerts. And if you were, but if the Grateful Dead brought you up on stage for three of the concerts and, and stopped, and doing you it. therefore had a Twitter account where people were like asking you Grateful Dead questions, then when you decided not to go to a Grateful Dead concert, you might have to uh, uh, announce, "I'm moving on. I'm not going to be listening to the Grateful Dead anymore. I will not be at the next concert." And then someone might go. Is he mad? But <laughs> and the answer might be not really. From no. talking uh, to Nolan, who I guess has been around the meltdown for so long, it seems like there were like classes, like groups of people who who came to Harmontown seeking out like-minded people, and they like became really close friends, and they would go every week, and then eventually like graduated from right. the program, and then like every, I feel like it was like every year he said like there would be a new group of people that would come in and get the the first row of chairs, and then they would all become friends, and then they would move on, and like we, if you go back through the years, you know, you definitely see like... Yeah. Well, Kevin Day just, just sent me uh, some posts. There was the Jane, like, gif of the Harmontown sticker being taken off the car. Right. And then Jane said, enough of Harmontown nonsense. Time to find some new nonsense. Hashtag Harmon frown. Hashtag moving on. Harmon frown. Okay, well, Har- some frown. negative connotation. Harmon yeah. frown. Yeah. All right. Well, Jane, if you're listening, first of all, busted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, and second of all, uh, as we're learning from uh, so many of our, our sisters, um, step you got to step forward, speak up, and uh, say what happened to you so that it can be addressed. We can't. We can't. If something bad happened, um, and you want us to talk about it, and uh, then, then the first step is you gotta. Yeah. You can't. Communi- well, you can't communicate with the, animated the, guests. The, the fact that she was texting me friendly like today makes me think that there's no no harm done or like right. no, no sever. You know, apples. But um, also, leaving Harmontown isn't a bad thing. Like, like you, there's no reason why you should always listen to the show. I think, I think saying Harmon frown is a bad thing. Harmon frown. Yeah. You gotta turn that Harmon frown upside down. Alright. Because pee is yellow. Well. And poop is brown. Uh, yeah. On the off chance that the offense was, uh, lack of attention, um, we are now participating in an unhealthy syndrome, so let's move on. Alright. Uh, what else is going on? How's Spencer's new car? I wish he was here to talk about it, but I am curious to hear your thoughts about it. Uh, Spencer got a Honda CRV. <laughs> And it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't really have anything to say about it. I mean, if Spencer was it, here, it'd be funny he, to talk didn't about. Didn't he but. already have one or he had a Ford something or other, right? He had a, what was that thing? It was, it Is was it as a, iconic as the mystery machine. It was, like it was Ford just so Spencer. Expedish? I don't even know this, I don't know. It was purple and it was, and it was, you know, it, 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 it was infused with pot. When you get, <laughs> when you get your, your, cause you've been talking to Dan, cause sometimes you talk about how rich you are and then lately you've been saying that you're, you're broke. Or that broke you're, that, pretty broke. But then you're going to get this Rick and Morty 
fortune. That's I'll be rich. Your way. I will soon be rich. I might even, look, I'll, I'll make a pitch, and I might even help you out on this one because I want this to be a thing. Can we get Spencer, like, like a mystery machine? Like, can we get him an airbrushed, like, Ford Econo line van with, with bubble windows and it, Vikings and dragons airbrushed why are we do, why, why, why is there, why are you campaigning to get the guy who just got a brand new car? <laughs> I'm saying we could step up his, we could step up that Spencer game a little bit. What about stepping up my game? He just, Levy just got an Audi. <laughs> then now Spencer's got a CRV. Spencer drives me to work every day. I have no car. I got a bicycle. But you don't want a car. I don't. I don't need one. I do want one. You don't. You do. I need my next car to be a Tesla, which I cannot afford, so I'm waiting. Why don't we... Did, didn't you meet uh, Elon Musk, or what's his name? Yeah, but I wanted to be different and have not him, ask him for a okay, Tesla. Okay, here's my new pitch. Since you're, since you're buddies with the scientific famous people, have him make you a a hybrid van or an electronic like e-van i mean somebody suggested uh that i ask elon my friend first name basis <laughs> uh to make me a dedicated hyperloop from my home to work that makes sense what's a hyperloop it's uh it's a it's a it's an imaginary uh l train for rich people that you just go zip zip and it's like, super yeah. fast just from like from- it's one of his many dreams right cuz i always said like I, I, the only reason I, I, people want to live up in the hills, in the Hollywood Hills, you know, but like, the, what if you forgot your wallet? You got to drive all the way up back up there. It's a nightmare. But if you did live up there and you were like Drew Carey money or you know Sam Simon money, and you're up living at the top of Mulholland Drive, you get a zip line to the three places that you like to go. You I got one. Ta- did we talk about this once? Like yeah, a, yeah. Zip it was line? Uh, or ski lifts. No, you you fucking have a system of ski lifts where you just get in a chair and go <laughs> to wherever your job is, go back to like up to your house, uh little doms drawing room. <laughs> you have, you have, you have a, like a like a four ski lift system. Everybody you get you get you get a number of zip lines that are proportional to your uh financial bandwidth, contribution to society, whatever metric right. you want to promote. We, and then as so I'm a five zip liner, so I get right. five like, it's like having uh fast travel. If I if I if I just had a a slow ski lift from the drawing room to back to my place, that would be worth its weight in gold. Well, kind of what you're would talking about. Would you die, about, though? Huh? Because you'd just be drinking all the time. I do it anyway. I'm still here. I, I, but but I, I, I might die in a lift going back and forth. Also, there's, like, liquor in our houses. We're grown men. Yeah. Like, oh. we're not. I don't really not have like intervention. I, I, I almost never have actual liquor in my place. Once in a while, like, if it's a gift. I like to go out to drink. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't drink. I don't drink at home unless I'm with someone else. Right. We we talked about the zip lines. It was years ago. It was our UCB show in New York when we were doing the Great Minds pilot. Oh. And you guys were on absinthe, <laughs> and Spencer oh. was back when Jane was our friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh the zip, yeah, yeah. I know we talked about the zip line thing. Was it? It was. It was a podcast episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I'm upgrading zip line to ski lift because I don't want to have to do like hold on to shit. I <laughs> why don't just, you just get? Uh, why don't you just be like the old lady in Gremlins and take a take a the, uh, the, <laughs> fancy stair the, the chairlift that did the stairs? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just make Los Angeles like the Winchester Mansion and then just, <laughs> just, where where those stairs go? They don't really go anywhere. That's just when Jeff needs to get to Glendale. <laughs> um, the, 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 but it's. Um, uh, but I just got a bike, which is kind of like a kind of yeah, like the healthy I, I, version. You look really good on that. Bike. Have, I'll tell you what, man. If, from where we live, 
if you take a if you get on a bike and yeah. go down to Sunset Junction, which is what we did, and then, I had a then you're fucked. You got to go uphill. I know, all the way home. but I'm saying like the zip zip line, you'd be fucked too. That's why ski lift, but ski, one ski lift, one direction. Yeah, it was a it's a, a, great, it's a great band, wonderful experience. I was like, <laughs> I can't believe. What if you had one direction? The band actually just carry you like on a litter. Yeah, you just it's like Shrub now, <laughs> <laughs> just connecting dots. Uh, I think if you, if you really had money and you could afford, at some point everyone has that price. You could get One Direction to carry you like on their shoulders to places if you really, really had the dough. Oh. I don't know why you would do I, that. I worked with them once. Yeah, on iCarly. All right. I yeah, they only showed up for a shoot day, so I was a stand-in for I believe it was Zane, and I had to learn their song, and it was before they got big. Like in the United States, yeah. And so, like during run-throughs, I'd have to sing that song in front of all the Nick execs. And C- like, can you give us a little piece of that? I I don't even. Remember. I don't. Know. Come on, uh, you, um, give me a little bit. Church, what has that song go? That that's what makes you beautiful. It's like the what's the hook? Nope. All right. It was like was that's it? what makes you beautiful. Yeah. I, I don't remember the. I, I don't remember the words. I honestly don't. I try to forget. I don't even know what anyone's talking about because I'm just thinking about Elon Musk. is beautiful, tall, worked out, f- masculine, intelligent frame. What you guys was, look good in those pictures. What was the circumstance that you guys met each other? I I, I I leave town for four days and you're hanging out with Elon Musk. Yeah, I, th- I th- you know I I it, he's got he's got kids and those kids are at that Rick and Morty age. Um, Griffin and or wait, no, wait, I don't know if his kids. I don't know Griffin. If, well, you don't name your kid Griffin. It's a fucking horrible monster. Do not fuck with my friend's children. <laughs> wait, kids are Griffin off isn't that horrifying? Is a, a Griffin is like kind well, of. Well, I stopped myself halfway through. I don't beast. know. I don't know what the rule is with billionaires. If their kids' names bird. aren't public or something, that those na- that na- I, I, I'm kidding. I to pretend I'm kidding. Strike his name from. I don't know. I don't, did I dox one of his kids or something? Is that actually his name, or you just like threw a name? Out no, there? it's not. Oh. <laughs> his daughter say, Chimera, his son Gorgon. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are with people's kids. You know, like Adam Savage had a. I I, I was hanging out with him and his kid at Comic Con. I took a picture of him. I tweeted it, and then a lot of Adam Savage fans that know him better were like, "He doesn't. His kid is not. His kid is off limits. He doesn't want people tweeting pictures and you know, his kid and is actually stuff. his kid is actually a myth." So I put, so I put the, so I took the picture down and Adam texted me and said, yeah, but he just turned 18. He's his own man now. He'd love, he'd love for you to, and so so, every, my point is everybody's got their own rules, you know, like which, and, and who are we to? So so then I caught myself. I'm like, I don't know if, if, if my friend Elon Musk, my new best friend, I can only speak for myself. Why did I, you meet him? He's my new best friend. How I can't like, guys, name his kids. How did you guys, because so, of, okay, Mo- here's a story. Mc, McMahon, uh, he tweeted at the Rick and Morty account, I believe, Mc, uh, re- responding to something McMahon had written, and then they had like a fun oh. conversation about uh, simulations mm, back and forth. Right. And then, if, and then his assistant reached out to us mm-hmm. right. to set up. So a, now we're in contact with his assistant, and I think, you know, I didn't want to push, I didn't want to smother. I was thinking like, be a, be a delicate, cool dude, sit down, have some chicken with him, mm-hmm. talk, talk to him about a couple things. Did you, Justin did the voice for the kids. Uh, <laughs> did you we, mean we, his, uh, is, is a new toddler daughter Medusa? Come on, ignoring. I'm, I'm not going to let you threaten my new friendship. You, you two are going to get along. I'm jealous. I, wanna, um, I, wanna, I met Adam Savage through you, and I was very excited. And he was walking around Comic Con in New York with a. Neanderthal, Neanderthal femur, which is mm-hmm. hard to say. He had a femur with him. 
Just a leg. And he was saying it was going to be part of his costume. And he's, but, but he wasn't wearing the costume. He was just carrying it around like a beat stick. But he's famous for these like incredible costumes that are so extreme that you can't tell it's Adam Savage. So I really Doesn't our curious. friend Ryan Nagata make some of that shit for him? Like the space outfits and I stuff? I didn't know that, but I'm not... I, I think know. he does. He made like a, a full-on NASA space outfit. Uh, I think they call them space outfits. But I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a couple weeks. Let it cool. You know, not to play these like red pill dating rules, but you know, not seem desperate. Then we we reach out to the assistant. Would Elon like to come on Harmontown? Just oh, have a chat. Oh, okay. He seems like I don't know. I don't know how available he is. But and the, and the answer, if the answer is, oh no, he 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 does podcasts all the time. Then I'm like, all right, fine. Well, will he do ours too? But if the answer is doing he never also. does them, he never does them. Then, the, then, the, then, then I'm like, okay, cool. But maybe by maybe he'll do ours because I mean, that because then I then I've beaten Marin. And you know what we I've do? beaten Marin well, because we- because because presidents are just schmucks. They're just like four year parasites, <laughs> like billionaire philanthropists. Effect. This guy's a historical figure. It's like yeah. having Howard Hughes on your it's show. Like, yeah, it's like Einstein. It's, it's like having Howard Hughes on your show, and it's like having Howard Hughes on Howard Hughes's show. Dan is pointing at himself with two thumbs right now. <laughs> yeah. In, case, I, in I, case you didn't want to spend $5 on this. What am I if not the Jane. Elon Musk of stupid people? Yeah. You know? Like, I, like, it's like, it's like, it would be a historical event for him to come on the show and have a chat. And from the brief little, you know, conversations I had with him, I just think it would be a really fun conversation because it's a couple things that I'm really stoked about. My new friend. He play, he likes all the same video games I do. Uh, he's like so into like the Bethesda stuff, Fallout and stuff. He, he even just talking to him about Fallout Four made me want to go play Fallout Four again. Um, and and uh, he he and also I really without without oversharing because I want him to know when it gets back to him. You know, being friends with Dan Harmon isn't going to put you at risk of any over. Uh, 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 um, what do you call it? Uh, leaking, uh, oversharing, uh, over, right, you know, right, he's right, not right. gonna Chevy chase you, you know, don't worry, it's, it's a, he's a very private guy, you can have a very discreet friendship with your new friend Dan Harmon. But how does he know that you're not gonna Chevy chase him? That's what I'm, uh, I I was using the verb Chevy Chase to mean what I did to Chevy, which is like air, like, like, like play his voicemail. I gotcha. Elon can leave me a voicemail saying like, oh, so, I don't really, um, I'm having trouble with this uh, uh, mountain mountain uh, digging machine, and I just need your help. And uh, I know you play a lot of Minecraft, and I'll like call. I'll, I'm not going to tell the audience. Oh, guess what's going on? Like, because that'll ruin it. You know, he's a. He, but but uh, so what was my point? Oh, without without over uh, sharing, I just want to say about my new best friend, <laughs> Elon Musk, that uh, I really liked. One thing about him in particular, uh, from a, an emotional, like, spiritual perspective, is like, during the conversation, we briefly touched on an area of where he, he was like, he was, he was explaining, there was a, there was a guy, basically, he didn't like, there was a, there was a guy whose point of view he didn't, right, he thought was, uh, as he called it, very dangerous. And we were talking about the AI thing. And then he was talking about the guy, and I really liked the fact that he was like, like, simultaneously, is this totally Zuck- adamant. Is Zuckerberg? No, oh. totally adamant about uh uh like how this guy is like so, so his thinking is so dangerous and he's uh, but also like he never called the guy an idiot he didn't like dismiss him because the guy is dangerous like he you know it's like that cool kind of like he was like a general like observing like you know 
this guy has got a lot of popular thoughts about this, the direction of this technology, and that guy is like he's a dangerous thinker. And and there, and when he when he kind of enumerated the things that were dangerous about this person, he, it was all rooted in honesty. He was like he was like this guy's good at this, 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 and that, and all of those things that have in common, they're all. They're all about deception. They're all about manipulation. Like, and I really, you know, that's, that's why we're going to be like fucking capital B, capital F, capital Fs. It's because we, we're, we're like, you know, and, 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 but, but like, it'll be like you, me, and Dino. Big, big, fat fuckers? I'm kidding. You're gonna get I'm along jealous. with him. I'm jealous. I want to meet him. Well, you you, you go, like don't fuck it up. Yeah, you're don't, you're making you're making it sound like you're gonna steal Elon Musk away from the world, and you guys are gonna go live on a little beach together. No, 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 no. You no. would if you want to. I was reading this article. He just um, so Teslas have the automated driving systems, and apparently insurance companies hike up premiums on Teslas, so they created. Their own, in, like, insure. They've done it internationally, but are now starting to do it. They uh, paired up with Liberty Mutual, I think, to offer um, cheaper insurance because self-driving cars are, I guess, statistically safer than regular cars. So the insurance premiums shouldn't be raised; they should be lowered. Mm-hmm. And as our society moves closer and closer to having all self-driving cars, it's gonna. The insurance companies are gonna take a massive hit. Uh, because good drivers will be much safer. They'll be all automated. Is, is it Liberty? He's, is it Liberty Insurance that, that there's always some asshole sitting having a coffee in front of the the, uh, the, yeah. the Statue of Liberty? Yeah, and they say some really you, dumb you stuff. You just bought a car and then you drove it into a tree. But guess what? <laughs> that wasn't the smartest thing you ever did. And now they want to. You know, it's like fuck you. Like like I'm just trying to watch news. Insurance has to be one of the like yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's like the dorsal fin on the shark of. Of the of capitalism, like it's like it's like it, no, that's not a good metaphor because the dorsal fin just warns you that it's there. It's like it's the it's the ridge on the Rhodesian ridgeback. <laughs> it's the it's just the it's it's where it's where it's it's where it hits its worst, isn't it? It's like like, like it's yeah, you go from just regular capitalism, which is arguably like like look, it's going to happen anyway. People are going to trade favors, they're going to trade boots for chickens. So when we really knuckled down and said, look, let's create poker chips and we can like but then you go from that to banking which is oh I'll watch your money while you're gone and can I give your money to other people but only theoretically and then when I hold it they hold it and then you hold it hold it and then I insure the holdings and then with other like okay it starts to get really sketchy then it goes to corporations which are like okay well this isn't really a person this is just a company it's a group of people and it'll actually live longer than the people that started it and it also has a an interest in uh, politically and but but the real height of it all like the, the, the biggest evil of all is where it's indistinguishable from organized crime be, be, when, when people are coming to your home and saying, it would be a pity for something yeah. to happen to this fucking house, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be really bad. You love your kids, don't you? Sure would hate to see them die. Sure would, I should bet they'd hate to see you die. Hate to see you break your kneecaps. At, at Liberty Mutual, like, when you get your kneecaps broken, your kids don't have to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, starve to death. Yeah, just give me a, give me $200 a month and, and I'll make sure that uh, the, the inevitable doesn't happen. Me undies makes me feel good where my butt is. <laughs> <laughs>
Here's the thing, and the, the modern podcast landscape has become a, a fucking apocalypse of, of joyless, uh, mini capitalism. Like, what we thought was gonna be the, 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 the way of the future. Oh, let's, let's change the way business is done. It's just turned into like, dumb relationships with terrible, joyless, uh, agencies and sponsors. We have one shining exception. Yeah, because oh. we, we, we've, I've done a, what, let's, let's say maybe seven different sponsors that haven't given me shit. No. But you know who does follow through and, and brings the goods? Me undies. They clothe your testicles with safety. How many, how many goddamn ads do we do for fucking, uh, order this and get it in a box every month companies? They don't do shit. They're all bullshit. They're all bullshit. I'll tell you this in this MeUndies <laughs> ad. All of those other companies are full of shit. I'm always lying when I tell you to buy them. The only time I can ever, <laughs> I only feel honest during an ad read for Harmontown is when, when, when I'm talking about MeUndies and I'm not lying. Yeah. I'm, I'm wearing them right now. Um, Me too. I'm wearing them right now too. Yeah. I that's not a lie. Can you tell that's not a lie? It's an incredible product. I got it's really, not a lie. I got really high on hash in Washington yesterday. I was in Seattle and I got really high. And I thought I, I was like hallucinating that my MeUndies were starting to like migrate around my body and it was a pleasurable experience. I'm it's- not kidding. I'm not kidding. I get excited about opening my underwear drawer. I wish there was a Me Socks. Like, there, like there, me- what? there might be. Well, I'm afraid that would get so close to pantyhose that I'd become, like, turned on by myself. <laughs> they are the most comfortable pair of underwear you will ever own. And to check it out yourself, go to MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. In case you're just listening for the first time, like, I, I, we're, we're being a little inside here. MeUndies is a space-age super company here to save your nether regions from the oppression of cotton with their space-age <laughs> microfiber, uh, Modal, which it's, 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 it's more sustainable than cotton. Cotton's a, cotton's raping the earth. Cotton's a fucking garbage. Cotton's the reason why you're unhappy. Cotton elected Trump. Uh, uh, Modal <laughs> is like, it's, it's like, it's, 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 it's hydroponically, uh, generated. Don't quote me on this. Don't look it up. But it, it's, <laughs> It's, 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 trust me, it's sustainable, it's eco-friendly, and it's super, it's like, it just lands on the line between total, if you're a guy, like, you're like, if you've ever fantasized, you go, you, you know, you're like, you're in love with a, a, a girl, and you like, look at her panties, and you're like, yeah, it's just, what, what if I put them on? Like, 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 and, and like, it, but the, the answer is, well, they'd feel good, but. Where would you put your dick in your balls? Right. Or something, or, or the like. The undies or, has the answer or to or that would question. I, would I worry about who I am and all this stuff? Like, am I now a transvestite? This is like, 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 the answer is like, just don't, don't wrap your Dumb nuts and balls, which are the center of your being, in burlap, like, 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 and then run around the world wondering why you're in a bad mood. It, it like, cloak them in space age Elon Musk level comfort. Uh, 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 uh like, MeUndies, like, like, uh, and then, and, and all, and here's another thing. Don't buy your undies the way a caveman would. But don't, don't, don't go to the cave, the undies cave and go like, oh, I need undies. Just, just use the internet, you do, dumb do, animal. Do, do, you, do you know how many chickens cavemen used to have to pay for one pair of underwear? Imagine it being was like a, 17 chicken underwear back in the day. Imagine being a Martian and coming to a planet and going and looking down and seeing smokestacks, atomic clouds, microwaves, Donald Trump, all these things, and going, you'd ask, you'd go like, okay, how do they get their underwear? And if the person said, well, they go to Sears, you'd go, all right, blow them up. Just get rid of them. They haven't figured it out. But if they said, they obviously, they have the rudimentary step in evolution where they, they click on a website for their underwear. Wait, Dan, did you? And it's made out of 
and and they and they design their society outward from whether or not they're nuts, balls, vaginas, anuses, and other like gender fluid, non-binary, private situations, which are none of our business and none of Miandi's business. Yeah. Uh, what your your privates? What, they're swathed in comfortable, slick, wonderful clothing. Uh, 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 that's a type one civilization. Also, Meandies doesn't want their ads to be 45 minutes long, but we at Harmontown believe that, and we believe in this product so much. We're so passionate uh, about you guys, it. Are you guys ready for me to take this to a whole nother level? Please. <laughs> because it's, it, look, they have crazy patterns. It, there's underwear for men and women. It's not just men. I know we talk a lot about the balls and the penises. Well, that's but what they, we know. They also have the pussy panties. They have the, they have the whole thing. <laughs> But guys, MeUndies, right now, for, for, right now, for a limited time only, MeUndies is kicking out the first ever glow-in-the-dark print. Turn the lights out, watch your shit glow. Why not update your underwear drawer and glow at the same time, you benighted sons of bitches? Nice. Get me some of those glow-in-the-dark underwears. MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. It's what to wear when the lights go down and your balls and pussies are feeling nice. <laughs> We almost had it. We yeah. almost had it. Fuck it. That's MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. We're done. Yeah. That's great. Is it a limited time only? Yes, yeah, it's for a limited time only. Oh, yeah. You can get 20% off your softest underwear ever. Oh, socks. They do have socks. No, they, if they have socks, I'm going to fucking die. Softest underwear and socks you'll ever know. Uh, MeUndies, okay. Socks? Th- this is me. MeUndies, send us some socks. This is me, Jeff Davis, talking to you. Um, it's been a while since I've got my package of new package covers. Um, I want some new undies. I want those glow in the dark pieces pieces of shit, and I want some socks. Socks. Uh, are the socks? If the socks feel like the underwear, though, no. I'm going full. Um, me socksies. Me socksies. I'm uh, I'm gonna be too sexy. You're like gonna, I'm gonna be like, what's the difference between me and like my fetishes? Yeah. You you're gonna become what I want, what I like. I want you to be healthy. That. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Wake up! It's a consciousness revolution. MeUndies is a, is this tip of the spear, man. Rose McGowan, uh, MeUndies, uh, 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 Elon Musk, um, Dan Harmon, and, uh, uh, Pete Moss. I threw Me- that in at the end, I just... MeUndies.com! People think I'm kidding when I tell this anecdote. This is like a, this is now a decades old thing. I, I definitely know I've talked about this before on the podcast, but whatever. I got, when I was living on, uh, in, in, in my, uh, apartment, I remember like, I, I was like, it was part of my, I was just like, I was like 27 and I was like, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of society. I can't do this anymore. I got a, I got a, I got an envelope from an insurance company in my mailbox and there was a photo of Christopher Reeves on it <laughs> who wasn't dead yet, who had just s- sustained a horrible crippling injury. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and it was a photo of him all fucked up, not as Superman, all fucked up. And, and, and there was a quote underneath it. Um, oh, that no. said, don't let what happened to me happen to you. Uh, make sure you're loved, make sure no. you're insured so that you're loved. It was like, what the fucking fuck? Sh- if this was a Polaroid, you'd be a mafioso. Like, 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 this, you just, like, what, don't let, what, what the fuck is going on? This is extortion. I know. Anyways. And then you, 
you look outside and there's a horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's just like it's insane. It's like it's like oh, and so you're listening, and then you're gonna you're gonna get on your little keyboard and you're gonna go. Oh, I got the donut crumbs on my face, and the tears are mixing with it, and it's making me extra briny. So I'm gonna take Dan Harmon to task with my slide rule and my because I just like arguing with things. And if I argue with the president, he d- doesn't listen. So I'm gonna argue with Dan Harmon. So you're gonna typey type type, and here's what you're gonna say. So you're gonna you're gonna use logic to say something about how oh that extreme thing that i said isn't technically true well that's fantastic you win you're right i didn't do any research i didn't get a degree in this i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about you proved me wrong but i said it you're drinking out of a glass by somebody that doesn't even listen to our show anymore. <laughs> that's right i'm an i'm what they call an edgelord on twitter <laughs> I, someone signed me up for like some I don't know. They they've been coming after me. I've been getting these letters in the mail like that I should reserve my my plot in the ground and or my um like like my ash canister or something. Like just for, take care of it now so that your loved ones don't have to. And is every it, month like a, I get these letters in the mail. From of a, of a, <laughs> some service in like Studio City or something. There's a picture of like a 29 year old guy with two chicks next to him, and it's like, well, D- Dale, uh, Dale has planned his estate early. <laughs> like, like that's sexy. Like that's like a, a, a yeah, yeah. Um, Nothing turns on the ladies like like like, no. like a reserved urn. It's net. <laughs> It's never too early. Go, God, if, if he cares that much about his own death, he's thinking about me. He's, he's taking the burden off of my shoulder. I'm going to give him the best hand job of his life. Yeah. And he's going to go down on me because he's thinking about the future. And if he dies, guess what? Everyone's a winner. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Wait, what did you say again? Nothing turns on the ladies like a reserved urn. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you have it out there. Just have it like it's the first thing you see when you come into my apartment. I love the alliteration of uh, reserved urn because it's like it's also it sounds like yeah. like um, it. it sounds wormy. Uh, reserved urn. You know, it's like it's like it's nothing. It's the opposite of like like okay. So hey, can you hand me hand me some of those sandbags? I'm trying to help these flood victims here. Uh, just a moment. I'm I'm reserving an urn. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> Uh, can, can we, I, I don't, this is stupid, but you're talking about capitalism. What do you think in the, in the boots versus chickens, uh, uh economy? <laughs> what, what, what is, what's worth more? Like, is it how many boots per chicken or how many chickens per boot? Oh, I would say just going from and everything I know about nature I learned from Minecraft, I would say <laughs> boots would require a great deal of crafting. Right. And, uh, a chicken is just, it's just running around. Okay. Yeah. Right. You could use a chicken to make a boot, but you're going to need a bunch of chickens. Let's say I've got a nice pair and of some labor. Let's say no. Let's say let's say you've got a nice pair of boots that are my size. And I, how many chickens do you want for those nice pair of boots that you spent a good deal of labor on? Well, then we get into how many chickens do you have? Because oh, no, 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 also... it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a seller's market. I, I, I need these boots. How many chickens are you going to make me give you? But are chickens how in many abundance? eggs do your chickens lay? Huh? Regular amount. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> are they in an, are they in abundance? You, like you're gonna fucking. I mean, look, what? I, I'm gonna what? Bend you over a barrel? Well, I welcome to welcome to ancient Greece. I, uh, they lay the most eggs. They, they, okay, they, well, good. Then that's gonna lower your chicken number. Aren't you happy right, about that? Okay. I'm, I'm doing you a favor. Look, I gotta talk to my manager. All right. Let's see if we can finance these. Look, boots. I gotta get these boots. I, I got an appointment. Listen, I talked to my manager, and it's like it's looking really good. Like your chicken rating is high because it's great mm-hmm. because if your chickens lay eggs, then an egg is essentially a chicken. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, an egg just got laid while you were having this conversation. That's great. That's a great sign. What right. are these boots made of? I want to put you in a pair of boots right now. <laughs> well, give me, how many chickens do you want? <laughs> well, it's just that these boots that you're looking at right here, right. these are our VIP boots. Okay. Like, and so, I, don't, I, I want the best boots you have. I just want to, look, I just want to put look, you, I just I'm, want to see you walking out of here. I'm lousy with chickens. I, I, I don't have a chicken shortage, but the, here's the thing. These are valuable to me because I can apparently trade them for all sorts of services and goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I I want to see you in these boots, but here's the thing: you know they're going to depreciate in value as soon as you walk off the lot, right? And they're they're made to your foot. And uh, I I don't care about the resale value of these boots. I just need boots to last me through the year. Let me just put let me just put you in a pair of boots that's in your within your 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 bracket because you're you're in my chicken range. You don't have the chicken credit to like (laughs) have these other boots that you were looking at. Okay, Uh, two chickens. These boots here. I'll give you I'll give you two chickens for these boots. Oh, uh, if you're gonna. Give us two chickens. I can show you the two chicken boots. What, 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 I'm look again. I have an appointment. How many chickens do you want for these boots? Because the more I look at them, oh, I, I just tried one on. These are these are lovely. Yeah, they should be. They're yeah. seventeen chicken boots. Whoa. Yeah, well, okay. Well, that's yeah. That's, yeah that's, that's, that explains okay. the comfort. I, I take explains I, it. I take off that boot and yeah. I go. It's nice. Almost doing business with you, yeah. and I leave with my eighteen chickens. So that's, well, that's not going to well, happen. Well, that's not going to happen. Good uh, I, 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 uh, I, I get on my. Uh, in this story, do we have cell phone technology yet? Or, or, or yes, okay. I get on my cell phone <laughs> and I say, uh, Siri, uh, wh- wh- where where can they get a nice pair of boots for eight chickens? And, and, and Siri says... I'm playing Phil Collins in the air tonight. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that never works. Okay, I come back and look, I am in a hurry. Uh, I'll give you ten chickens. I'll give you ten right ten now. Ten chickens. Ten chickens, egg For these 17 chicken boots? Yeah. But I, I, I walk out with them right now. I, I'm a size 14. These are size 14 boots. You know, I, I, what, what the odds of someone else walking in there with size 14 feet and has 17 chickens to get you? Sir, I think you got the wrong idea about the chicken cave. A uh, uh, boot cave. Uh, chicken cave. <laughs> Like we're not we're not hagglers. What you do here is we provide a service. We try to put people that don't have boots into boots, and it costs a certain amount to create those boots. And we just we're okay. essentially like a co-op. All right. So like, like, like you, you highballed you highballed me at seventeen. I lowballed you at ten. Like, like let's do business here. I disagree. I mean, you're looking at it from that perspective. I'm just looking at it okay. from a guy that's right. like, if you have ten chickens to spend, I can show you the ten chicken boots. There's another egg. Another egg just came out. I mean, I, these chickens are just they're egg factories. Can I? Can I? Do you know what eggs are? Future chickens. Yeah, I know. Yes, that's why they were part of your credit yes, rating. Yes, that, yes. I yeah. want like fecund chickens. They're fe- they're fecund as fuck. <laughs> fecund AF chickens. Um, I have have you considered before we go any further? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in a pair of ten chicken boots. I don't want your ten chicken boots. But 
I want you to... You can't walk me back from 17 chicken boots to 10 chicken boots. So the 10 chicken boots aren't good enough for you, but you, that's the amount of chickens you want to give for I, 17 chicken I, boots? I, I, I think I think you're trying to rip me off. Well, here. that's insane. That's a projection that you came into this cave with. I'm like, saying, look, th- 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 this is a big city. I, there's, there's other boot makers out here, and, I, I, and some people like to do business. It's a loose-knit uh, 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 network of caves uh, uh, in, a, in a world where you, cell phones... If you think uh, the next thing I'm going to say is, here, uh, how about 14 chickens? You're out of your fucking mind. Uh, you started at 17. I went to 10. Now uh, you make another offer. Have you even experienced me going up or down on any of my offers? As far as you know, I'm monolithic in my uh, chicken... I, 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 uh, well, look, monoliths... Mo- I haven't haggled with you, sir. I'm not a dishonest person. Well, a, a, a monolithic business model is not a, is not a viable one. It's, uh, you have to be able to move. Maybe maybe what you're interested in is tiny boots for your chickens. They're over here in the women's section. <laughs> oh, um, see, now you're being... Now no, that that's not you, t- I that's... don't know what you got from that, sir. I'm just trying to help you. Really? We have a wonderful really? section over here for all the women. Um, so women, put women, women wear tiny chicken boots. And that's, no, they just like to dress the chickens. You okay. know, it's a more affordable all hobby. Right. Um, it kills the time. I, now I don't want. Uh, I, as you know, women. I are, want these boots less and less when, now that I know your politics. Oh. Sir, I, my my only politics are a a bootless foot and that women hating. It, no, sir, no. Diminished women. Okay, okay. We love. How women. about seventeen chickens? Who the fuck is this guy? This is Andre. Oh, Jesus Christ! Hey, I'm Andre. Hi, Andre. Hi. Which, what, look, I'm trying to get these boots. Seventeen seems high. Seventeen seems like a lot of chickens. That's then how... buy the ten chicken boots. I don't want the ten chicken boots. They look like shit. You shouldn't have even put them out. I, look, look, I wouldn't pay ten chicken ten chickens for those ten chicken boots. Those right, look... you'd probably pay four chickens for ten chicken boots. I get your I get your gist, sir. Yeah. You're someone that thinks that they're entitled to more. Do you know what? Do you, do you have you ever raised a chicken? Do you know what it what it takes? Do you know the, the amount of uh, amount of care TLC? Those husbandry goes into proper chicken raising? No, well, sir. I... There's another egg. Another egg. You're already down three chickens right now, by the way. If I walk out of here right now, you just had three more chickens. These are all fertilized eggs popping out of my chickens right now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, the, the, the longer we talk about this, the less chickens you're getting. Okay. I'm not giving you these fertilized eggs and 17 chickens. How about this? What about this? Ten chickens, three eggs. Hmm. But you gotta raise the eggs. You gotta, you, you have to incubate and take care of those young baby chicks. That's not a service you provide people that have eggs? People I, don't come to you with eggs? Sir, or? I'm here for boots. Well, if I'm getting into the business of chicken, uh, egg owning. How about this? Okay, look. You give me an idea. What if you and I go into business together? It's kind of an anarcho-syndicalist idea. You, you give me some boots, occasionally. You get all the chickens you want. You get eggs when you need them. Together we corner a society that is basically boot and chicken based. Yes. There's and, like, and, and, and we stop this idea that boots and chickens so, are worth no, more no, or less than We enter the idea that power is for sale. See, now again, and we I, own it. Well, you're making it. I, 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 this seems more fun. Until Wait, you, you drew me out into it. I thought you were. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about mutual like ben, ben, benefits, like oh. you know, like like you know. Back- well, yeah, yeah. I, I like that too. Yeah, you no, don't like power. I'm, I'm going to go down to another boot store. Look, if you, I, I, no, if you have power, how, how, how you can like, use it to create communism. I, yeah, like, right. do you want I, power? I, yeah, I, I, I could do lots of things with power. I, I'm, well, how late do you open? I'm going to go check out a couple boot shops, and maybe I'll come back. Nine p.m. Nine p.m. Andre, <laughs> you're not helping. <laughs> What else you got besides chickens? Um, Andre? Yes. What are you, what are you doing this afternoon? I'm working. Um. 
10 chickens says you're my, you're my new assistant. What the? You're going to give me 10 chickens to be your assistant? You know, how about this? I'm going to give you 10 chickens just to have lunch with me and hear me out. What? Yes. The fuck you could have had? That's your your That means I can buy the ten chicken food. I'm made of chickens. I, I, oh, well, seventeen chickens. I'm just a businessman. You don't get this <laughs> many chickens given seventeen chickens away for every boot manufacturer you walk by. I I I, I like Andre. I like your style. You got a deal. I'll have lunch with you for ten chickens. Okay, Andre. After he's done peacocking at this lunch, and you come back because there's nothing substantial about the game he's running, you don't have a job. Well, that's okay, because then I'm going to use the chickens to raise more chickens, and then I'm going to buy those 17 chicken boots. Andre, what have I always told you? Words don't cover your feet. Okay? He's 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 doing nothing. He's got a pile of chickens. We don't even know they're his. Go, go, go to lunch. Good luck. I'm, I, I swear to God, man, when you come back, like you are not working at this chicken cave. I'm going to have a chicken empire, and then I'm going to buy cave, your entire store. With my chicken empire. Later at lunch. Listen, Andre. Um, here's the thing. Okay. It's not about chickens. What's it about? What it about? It's about trust. There's like three cavemen playing um cavemen. Uh, uh, Bach on a. I assume this is this kind of like a caveman society, well, I, kind of. You, but we have you, cell you phones. Said I, you said I had cell phones. Well, because I didn't want to deny. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But, okay. but as I say, it's just like there's fa- there's like a quartet of cavemen okay. violinists. Because you know, like, it's a fancy cave. It's, it's a fancy cave. We're, we're where cave, you took them to lunch. It's cave, like Sparrows okay, or okay, yeah. Sparrow, Sparkies, Sabaro, Sabaro. Sardis, Sardis. We're at Sardis. I've, I've flown you to New York, and we're off Broadway. We, 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 and Sparrow. Yeah, we, yeah we, we just saw Hello, Dolly! with Bette Midler, and we're across the street, and it's four cavemen are playing for <laughs> Listen, Andre. Yeah. Yes? I'm not going to be alive much longer. Oh, oh, geez. Yes, I, uh, I, have, I have a rare disease that uh, the doctors don't think I really have much longer to live. But I have to leave these chickens to somebody. And I, I just have the sneaking feeling. Your business acumen. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> I, I, I give each chicken a chicken and fuck off. Oh, God. Jeez. Oh, she just ate the chickens raw. That's More raw. garlic stuff with olives? I mean, Andre, I've, I've got, I, I've, I'm up to here with chickens. I've got, I've got them, I've got all the chickens, but, but, but I, you can't take them with you. I, I can't. Yeah, no, I'm saying I can't take my chickens with me. I gotta leave a legacy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta leave a legacy is what it. I'm saying. Well, you, what disease do you have? It's, uh, it's, I have, um, Crohn's. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's not funny. I, I wouldn't laugh because Crohn's is funny. There's people listening that have Crohn's. I, that's not why I was laughing. It's terrible. Laughing at the tone of his voice. I, I, he was, like, he, he decided he, he had Crohn's. I think your boss is the kind of person that finds my Crohn's disease hilarious. <laughs> and he's a bad person. <laughs> Crohn's is really rough. I, my best friend is Crohn's. Yeah. He's always in pain. It ain't no fun. They cut, like, feet out of his intestines. Hello? Hi, how are you guys? Uh, hello, Amber. Hi, welcome what? to Spinners. Sardis. Sardis. Um, would you like to hear some of our specials? Uh, sure. Okay, we have a fungili pasta with extra mushrooms uh, that's grilled over an octopus salad and braised in a simmering version A. We'll take two of those. We'll take two of those. Okay. Uh, there's more? There's also a... There's no, that's also a, 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 a fungili. Sounds fantastic. Okay. All right, Thank two of those then. And I'll, to... uh, can I hook you up with any drinks, or do you, uh, you guys good with your coffees? Do you have uh, pizza? Mm, oh, we have a flatbread. 
<laughs> is that pizza? It's a portobello flatbread. It's done with uh, artisan flatbread, flatbread, out of flatbread, served with flat pieces of bread and portobello. Put olives on it. Uh, uh, we have uh, we have we have suko, which is a, a Japanese olive substitute. Um, it's basically the same. We'll take two of those. Okay. And then, uh, uh, do you want that on the side, or do you want that as a tapenade on your uh, well, Angelica? Well, yes, the latter. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'll be right back. Thank you, Amber. Oh, I dropped my pen. Well, it's getting it off the floor. I pick up the pen, and I, I notice it has the same, it, it says boot cave on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're, a, you're a fucking spy, aren't you, Amber? <laughs> boot, 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 boot grappling, shoelace grapple. Do this cave skylight. Chickens unite! Uh, I, I, out from my uh, the valise I brought with me, uh, uh, seventeen chickens get out and form a giant chicken Voltron, and 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 uh, attack Amber the waitress. Well, we fight, uh, and uh, I die, right? Oh. But nobly. But also, a lot of the chickens die. And then I wonder, you know what? At what price boots? You could, yeah. Back at the uh, boot cave, I'm just looking at a photo of my daughter, um, who left me with her mother because I was too focused on my boots. And um, I'm hearing their voices say, "If you ever uh, get your head on straight, I'll be waiting for you." Did she become a waitress at Sardis, or is this a different prison? Yes, <laughs> and you can say I, no. You okay, can say right. no. Well, then no. It's a yes or no question. I'd... Well, then I go. Yeah, no. I, I, and I, and I also I crumple the photo and I, I burst into flames because my boots, I the 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 special expensive flint boots that I made, mm-hmm. flint that are the sort of crowning achievement of my boot obsessed workaholic lifestyle that cost me my wife and daughter. Um, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm fidgeting, like, cause I'm thinking about packing and going to finally abandon the boot business and be with my wife and kids. And the flint that my boots are made out of sparks sets all the boot materials on fire. The whole place bursts into flames cause there was no fire permit. Cause like, you know, mm-hmm. Andre is working on that. Um, and, uh, I just die. I just, it just pulls back from my cave and I'm just dying and I'm dying. And then right as you die. I made the right decision. You did. And then you, uh, right as you die, Andre comes back and sees the building on fire and he's wearing boots made of chickens. But like the nicest chicken boots of all time. And he's the master of both worlds. Well, our guest tonight on Harmontown <laughs> <laughs> has oh, been yeah. waiting for a really long time. Oh, yeah. I just remembered we have a guest. Oh shit, I forgot. Oh uh, yeah. Let's, um, let's bring him in. Yeah, let's uh, let's bring in. Uh, so for big fans of the podcast, will 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 remember this guy for sure because he directed the documentary that I produced about myself. <laughs> I always have to say it in that voice. Um, uh, but it was his movie. He directed it. It's Neil Berkeley. Yeah. Right. Can I move this a little bit? Yeah, move it however you want. Oh wow! Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm starting to feel like I should have worn a gray T-shirt to this affair. I, 
I I, I want to point out at the top, because yeah, I'm, I'm getting self-conscious, the reason Neil's a guest isn't because he made a documentary about me. <laughs> it's because that's how I know him, and I and, that, and that's how I, I know he made a documentary recently about Gilbert Gottfried, who uh, also fans of the podcast will know, but uh, fans of comedy uh, uh, will will definitely know. Um, so, yeah, you just did basically, I mean, we'll, 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 did you do the same thing with Gilbert that you did with me? Yeah, I just start showing up at his house every day. Like I, I moved to New York and just started living there. I'd go to his house every day at nine o'clock while he's having his coffee, and I wore him down. Finally, got him to open up. But yeah, I just sort of like became part of his life and followed him around. And went to like fifteen different cities in Mexico and Toronto. How this, com- how comfortable was he with you becoming part of his life? He hated it. He for for the first two months he he hated it. He was one of those guys that he doesn't really say no to anything. If you put something in front of him, he just does it, whatever it is. And I his wife said, "Come over and try this." And I would do it every day. And um, he 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 never even dropped the character. Like he was in the voice. You met him right. when he's not in character. But I would go over there and he would talk like that, and his eyes really? would squint. Yeah, he would do it. And then finally, I was just going over every day, and he stopped doing it. Oh, oh, yeah. really? That's so, really interesting. He does stop. Yeah, he he does. He doesn't. He, you know, you've met him. It's be very awkward to be around. Yeah, I mean that sounds well. That sounds a little more critical than I would say it. But <laughs> I, but but you know, you're a director. You're not an empath. But. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I find it fascinating. I mean, it was his choice because I, 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 I mean, yeah, like I grew up on Gilbert Gottfried. Like he, you know, he he does that character, and he, you know, but it, it, it's not quite like it's like we're friends with Bob Goldthwaite, who would get on stage in the same era of comedy where it was like stand up was so popular you had to have a fucking accordion or a hammer for a head, or and and, and there were some really funny stand ups who. Like, but, but it was like, look, you gotta have this, like, character to get, like, like, but then there's these guys, it's like, it's like, so Emo Phillips, you know, is he doing a character? I've yeah. never had a conversation with him where he didn't kind of yeah. sound like the way he sounds on stage. And, um, and, um, Bob Goldthwaite, there's an easy, definitive line, but you only know it from talking to Bob. Bob owns that line and yeah. says, when I was doing that performance, I did that act, that's not me, I, am now me as a you know like he you rely on him because otherwise you would listen to bob and you would go oh you just made that sound that bob that that screechy bobcat (laughs) goldfight makes like he makes he does still Mm -hmm. because how much of it is like is 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 well this is how i talk you know like sometimes when i get on stage and i have to say something difficult like i find like i'll I'll, like 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 i i i i like 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 i'll cover my eyes or like i'll 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 just engage in these like really arch behaviors that i know that if i step on the gas there and it's like okay look well then that then you can get through the nervousness so i i i you're not shocked to learn that I brought you on and then did all the talking, but this is what this is what I, I imagined we would get to this eventually. But well, now yeah, we're like well, right into it. My, like, my question off of what Dan's saying is, when he dropped the Gilbert character, what was he like? Like, like was that, what was the difference between the on character and off character? Well, Gilbert? most of the he wasn't like performing. He did do for a long time. He would do like canned lines. Like he would do. It was like being on a talk show with him. You know, people go on talk shows and they've got these canned lines and they know we're going to get reactions. It was a lot of that. But eventually he started talking to me about his mom. He was very close to his mom, lived with her till he was almost 40, um, devastated when she passed away. His sister is a photographer. She actually shot the whole process of her mother's very sad death. Um, and I talked to Gilbert about that and talked to his sister about that. I talked about his father. He, his father died when he was 19. He had a horrible relationship with his father. Um, what kind, I mean, first of all, what was the, well, let's start with the dad. What were the, 
why was it horrible? Horrible, horrible in that he was, he's one of those dads that was like, become an electrician, get a job. Gilbert quit school when he was 15 and started doing comedy immediately. And he would leave every night to do comedy all night and his dad just didn't get it. And there were arguments and fights. And then when his dad died, Gilbert, Gilbert just a, a lot of pain about his dad not seeing his success. Right. Um, which every comic I talk to. That would to, fucking kill me. Yeah. Like I, I got, I, I don't know what'll happen. Aaron, my ex-wife, uh, star of our documentary, uh, she would always say to me, and I know she's right. Like whenever I would say like anything about my family, who like, like my parents didn't come to my wedding, I still don't know why. I won't ask them. Like what is that? And then Aaron's like, "Why won't you ask them why they're not coming to your wedding?" And I go, "Because that's what they want." And she's like, "You're <laughs> fucked up. They're fucked up." And when your dad, because she, her she lost her mom when she was seventeen, and she's like, "And when your parents die, you're gonna be super fucked up about it, and you're gonna make it everyone else's problem, and you need to deal with it." Like I, I'm making her sound. I think I'm making her sound like a hero, but if if, if you're if that's to you making her sound like a bad person, believe me, she's not. Like, like, like she was saying it, you know, she was like, she was telling it like it is as a person who had a, a parent pass. And it's, it's, sorry, sorry to derail you, but, but like, I just, I'm imagining that, like, because like what I do have with my dad was a moment where my dad said, that he was proud of me and that, and that he, and that he, he observed like it was, it was way back in the channel 101 days. We got a VH1 pilot and that was enough. We had a, my dad said that like, like we were having a celebration party because we got our show on VH1 and there were just, there was a bunch of people in a bar celebrating because we had done channel 101. We had followed our bliss. We had done it for free and now we had a television show and my dad like expressed to my satisfaction emotionally like, is like I arrived. Like my dad was like, "There's a lot of people in there that are very happy because of you, and that makes me very proud of you." And I was like, "Okay, cool. Your hotel down the street." <laughs> ran, ran and just like burst into a thousand tears, and and then so I'm done. Now I know I'm going to be all fucked up if my dad dies, but I, I just wanted to interject that because the idea of being 19, which I was also like aimlessly by any objective like anyone that was watching me would go like what is your fucking plan what are you doing you're not that funny why are you interested in comedy <laughs> like 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 if my dad died at that time i i i can't even imagine all right now no, continue no no that I, I talked to a lot of comics about that and every comic i talked to that they were all like yeah most of us are up there performing for our mothers we're trying yeah. to impress someone that we couldn't impress in the home, and we're trying to do this thing so we can go, look what I did. Look at me on TV. And, like, Artie Langs died before he became successful, and Jay Leno's mother, like, they all expressed real sadness about their parents not get, being able to see that. Yeah. Is, is this in your films? I'm, I'm sad to say I still haven't seen it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Jay Leno, who uh, has, has this real heartfelt, sincere moment where he says, to me, that's the saddest thing. Because Gilbert's really beloved uh, by other comics. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Like, uh, Jay, uh, Jeff Ross and David Tell, and I think Howie Mandel, at the end of their interview, said some version of, don't screw this up. <laughs> we love this guy. I asked you, I think when you had just started making it, about the, there's a story that comics tell about the greatest opener of all time, about the the, the Jonestown Massacre. Did you ever talk, ask him if that was, like, verify that story? He, yeah, he, the, the Jonestown Massacre story. I, yeah. I forget the bit, but yeah, he has a famous Jonestown. Because I, I remember... Like I think Drew Carey told it to me, or or but other comics know about it, and it's like a, the most famous opener of all time. And it was like one of those things where, when a horrible tragedy happens, the day or two after that, it's hard to go up on stage and do comedy, and audiences don't know if they're allowed to laugh at anything, or as a comic, you don't know if you ought to be making people laugh. That, that's a big part of the story, yeah. And um, uh, so, but is it, is it in the film, by the way? That joke? Yeah. 
No. Because, as, as I remember it, can I, can I do my bad version of it? Sure, I, I'm sure yeah. it's, I'm sure I'm fucking it up because it's, you know, it's, this is something that was told to me a long time ago. But he was, I think at the Fillmore and he's like, oh, the Fillmore uh, in San Francisco, what a great place. I grew up here. Uh, he, which I don't think he did. And uh, I, again, I'm probably making up a lot of the details. And he said, uh, I saw Janice Joplin here when I was a kid and I ended up meeting her. I became friends with Janice Joplin. I was with her when she died. She died in my arms. I held her in my arms as she died. So to be here at the Fillmore is amazing. I, I saw Jimi Hendrix here. Became friends with Jimi Hendrix. Was with him when he died. Held him in, in my arms. In my arms as he died. Just got back from Jonestown, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the day or two after the Jonestown. I was <laughs> No, but my, my, I, I, I want to know how close am I to getting that right? That's it. That's the joke. Yeah. yeah. The one Bill Burr told me, he saw him do it. And I think it was right after Jackie Onassis died. He said, I met Jackie Onassis once. First thing I said to her was, do you remember where you were when? I want to go, the, 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 when the Dave Attells and the, uh, and the, and the, uh, whoever else you interviewed, like you, you mentioned a couple names, like, yeah. I love these guys. And, um, and they know Gilbert better than I do. I had one encounter with him because of my, your relationship with him. He came and did my show, whatever, put a pin in that. But uh, um, when those guys would get up from the end of their interviews and say, don't fuck this up, we love this guy, what are they... Um, what are they is, do they go into more detail than that? Like, 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 what, what, what is it about Gilbert, um, in the eyes of, uh, of, of all these other craftsmen that, that, um, that, that, that makes him a hero? The one, when I, I would always ask that question, like, what is it about this guy? And they would always just say fearless. Yeah. I, like, I don't know if he's fearless. He just doesn't have any line, doesn't have any right. boundaries. He just says whatever he thinks is funny. And they love him for that. But, 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 he, but he, because he looks scared mm-hmm. and he looks like, like a weakling kind of, you know, like he doesn't look like a tough guy. The fact that that body and that, like, that body language is so fearless. Like, what was, was it a film or a special where he just told dirty jokes? He just said joke yeah. jokes? Yeah, he jo- Well, half his act is joke. He hasn't changed his act in 30 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he tells Molly Ringwald jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, when I was a kid, um, he, I saw a stand-up special. Who knows? Cinemax. I don't, I don't know what, what, what network it was. Um, but uh he did the set and i didn't know at the time i think i believe now looking back on it that he must have been doing seinfeld but it, what he was he would he did a set and then he would do jo- he would do his set for a while and then he would take these little pauses and then uh, you know and fin- finish a joke and go and that's why and then and then what well, what do you yeah that's what i want shoes for and then and then he and then the audience is laughing and he stopped and then and then he just like change his tenor and go like well, why do you want to talk about that? Yeah. What are you doing shoe jokes for? impression's amazing. That's but, actually in the movie. We, there's a clip of him where he puts glasses on. It's like a, <laughs> a side, kind of a Jim Gaffigan aside thing. And right. Like, That's crazy. That's nonsense. Well, What's is that, doing? so is that, is that, is that his Seinfeld impression or am I just merging those things in my head? Because at the time, I kind of hope it isn't, it wasn't because I thought it was genius just as a lateral thing that it was just it was sort of like Ken Meany's Kevin Meany's uh you know his mom his inner monologue about his mom I was just like a, like, yeah. like 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 I, I love it you're like when, a crazy person you know, when comics are just like because I, I do that too and also D- D- Dana Carvey uh when I was doing the Great Minds episode with him where he was doing JFK <laughs> like because I had mentioned like uh Dennis Miller's uh impression of him like Dick Carvey was like like 
no matter what he did for the next six hours, like, and he, and then he would just follow it up with this, like, horrible criticism of himself in the voice of Dennis Miller. <laughs> wow. He'd just, like, riff a, riff a take, cause it's a largely improvised show, and then, and then they'd like, okay, cut, we'll, 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 let's set, let's do it again, and then, and then he'd be like, Jesus, Carvey, what are you at? And, you know, and he would just, like, lay into himself, like, under his breath. Anyways, he, there's something really important about that, cause Justin Roiland is like, it's Rick, and it's Morty, it's, yeah. it's, 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 like, it's, 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 I asked him about that character. He would never cop to it, um, cause, so it wasn't interesting in the story, cause maybe he wouldn't it's his ever dad. I was like, is that your mom or your dad? Is that someone in your past talking to you like that? And he was, he would say, no, I just thought it was funny, it's a bit, it's what I do. But other comics have mentioned that. Um, like Piscopo brought that up. Piscopo was like, he would do this on stage, and I think it was his mom, like, berating him or, right. or yelling at him. I think I thought it was like, it's a very, where's he from? Chicago? Brooklyn, or? no. Okay. Gr- born in Coney Island, grew up in Brooklyn. I, th- I, th- I also like, Schraub, like, really does that really well, too. Like, Schraub's inner monologue is like, 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 like and, and you're not it's sure audible. if it's his mom or his yeah. mom slash dad, like, slash pastor slash gym teacher, but it's like. But he'll do it in front of you. Like, like he'll, he'll talk as, his inner monologue. Yeah, he. I asked him about the voice and all that, and it's it's. I wish there was a more satisfying answer, and it's in the movie. And he says, "Look, I just went up on stage a billion times, and eventually I woke up and said, oh, I guess I act like that now.'" So that's just kind of, he said, just, can't. What this is- Seinfeld thing is actually a lot of comics brought this up. So before Seinfeld like became the Seinfeld we know, like before the Tonight Show. Gilbert, people say that Gilbert invented the Seinfeld impression because he would go on stage before Seinfeld right. and do his act, do Seinfeld's act <laughs> as Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. And they said Seinfeld would all the comics would come out to watch, and he would pace just furious, like, "What's what is that? What's yeah. he doing? Who? <laughs> Who wears sweaters? Yeah. Why do you wear a sweater?" But yeah, he, he said, told he, that, he he said that when he did when he comp trolled for yeah. for us when we were we were on some uh, tour. I can't show. believe I, I can't believe I missed that. Um, well, that he was, was he was replaced. Facing you, yeah, I know. You know it's a, it's a giant so, bummer. Yeah, but but he was. I mean, now having put a pin in this, I mean that that was my one encounter with him. Was like I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what Gilbert Gottfried would be. I'd only ever seen him in performance, and when he showed up, and he was just like very like. um God, I really don't want to use the word frail, but now that I've said I don't want to use it, like now it's in your head. But it's like it was just he was so. Like, he was like he was almost in hibernation. Well, I, like he was just like sort of like shuffling and, and it wasn't a lot of that, that, that he wasn't being passive aggressive. He wasn't like, why am I here? You know, he was totally like down to do whatever was required of him. He it was just like this person that was just like, he was just yeah. shuffling in with his wife who was very like, or sort of like, like, like kind of almost translating for yeah. him like, <laughs> uh, and, and going like, what should get, where should Gilbert go? What do you want from him? And what are your stuff? Uh, and, 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 but, it, and he was just very good. And he was like, so what do you, what do you want? I, I, I can't remember how, what he sounded like, but I would go like, well, you just go out there and you just sit in a chair and like explain. It. I was like, okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, and I was thinking like, what's he going to sound like when he goes out there? Right. Yeah. And no, then he that- went out there and people like went crazy. And then he kind of like stepped on the gas of like milking how people were going crazy. And then it's just like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm in town. And I was like, holy shit, Gilbert Gottfried's here. <laughs> but that's a reaction a lot of people have. And I remember that. I guess that's what I meant by awkward. Like when you do meet him off stage, especially if he's about to perform and has to deliver. Like I've gotten phone calls from people that I've set up 
for him to do stuff. And they'll call and go, Hey man, uh, is he okay? Is he, does he not want to be here? Is he upset? Like he's, cause he's very quiet and he would not be upset if I said this because people that watch the movie, the way he is physically with people, like anyone with any sort of like spectrum me stuff in their family have all said, there might be a little bit of, of that going on because well, he's very quiet. You know, because well, don't people say that about Daryl Hammond? Like, like, like that. Like, I, I've never met him in person, but like that. That's like Daryl. Like, and then and then Dan Aykroyd, who has been diagnosed and and said I'm autistic. Uh, like, it's not like like people get confused. I think with performers because performance is like. It's like, it's a natural human occurrence. So we have this delineation where we go, oh, you're performing as opposed to being real. But what, but no, there's no such thing as a human interaction that's not a performance. We are a political animal and people who are on the spectrum, like the reason why it's impossible to diagnose them without seven years of pointless, like tail chasing, whereas you can just look at a kid and go, boom, autistic, not autistic next. Once you get to a certain age, you, it's the capacity for performance is so extreme that that person doesn't know who they are. All they know is they don't want to get beaten up. Like, just, just leave me alone. Like, just let me, or give me whatever. Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to talk like this? Do I have to talk like this? Do I have to talk like that? You talk like this. I talk like that. Like, 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 there's, there's like a, there's like, like, like functional autism, like, seems to be a big thing in, like, great impressionists and, like, like, it's, it, it, and so that, that yeah. comes to mind because it's like, that, that, there would be no delineation with him, unlike with Bobcat. Who doesn't have like a bunch of autistic traits? Bobcat is just like, yeah, I'm just this guy, and I, I yeah. kind of got into this scene, yeah. and then I stepped on the gas pedal doing this character, and then and then that started to really punish my life. So I, yeah, lifted. I got sick of it, and by Police Academy Nine was like becoming <laughs> self sabotaging and like pulled out and like pursued my bliss. You know, he. And, but then you have like so again, Emo Phillips, yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. Daryl Hammond, I hope it's not rude to refer to these people as if they're like some egg basket of people that I'm implying. Well, I, no, well, that's, I, I, that, I met Emo, like I did a show with him, and you know, like he's Emo. Like, like I, 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 I get the feeling from my limited interaction with him. It's like. After the show, he's like, yeah. hey, Jeff, you know, did I do a good job? And so kind, yeah, he's like, like, oh, thank you so much. I didn't yeah. know if I did was funny enough. And but he's like, talking <laughs> in a way. Didn't he try and do it without that for a while? Didn't, I thought he did another version of his act that was a little more. So here's the funny thing. If Emo Phillips tries to do that, like, that's another version of a bit oh, yeah. that he can do. Maria yeah. Bamford does the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, she has this bit where she goes like, well, should I talk like a t-? Like, and, and, and then Maria Bamford will just like, like, become, uh, her impression of what I would, what I'm going to say, neuro, a neurotypical person. I don't yeah, know what yeah. Maria, you know, w- uh, uh, claims to have or doesn't have, but like I'm just saying, like, like, like she when she does an impression of of a normal person, it's so funny. And then like it, that, that, that's also like Gilbert Gottfried, like in his act, going like pausing a little back, like, now why would you do that joke? Yeah. And then he like, and it's so it's also unsettling because it's like. It, 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 well, I hate to, you know, like, like, my fans are sick of hearing me, the, the pick, the peekaboo thing, but that's like, that's comedy. It's like, it, it's like the idea that you can't tell the difference, the idea that there is no difference. Like, that's, that's. Well, what Neil was like, uh, after, how long were you around him, like, in close quarters? About seven months. And what was your relationship, like, how did it, 
you said how it started and then you kind of broke through. What's yeah. it like now, or what? What kind of steps did you go through with him? It's fun. Like it's, I think he like came up with a routine to be around me. Like he came up with a behavior around me. Like this, he, he behaves a certain way. We're friendly. We get along. We can. It's not like awkward like it was does, in the beginning. Does he enjoy promoting the film, or is uh, he, he he loves it? Well, he loves doing press. He loves. He loves. He would love. He loves doing stuff like this. He'll he'll complain about it, but once he's in there, he lights up and has a great time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's going. Yeah. He's going. Does he, have, did he, does he talk about like? Does he feel more alive when he's performing than? And I mean, when no. He, we talk about the movie. He's uh, he hates he hates it. He said the the worst thirty seconds of my life are the thirty seconds before I go on stage. Oof. He he wishes the manager would come out and say, "Hey, there was a flood. Uh-huh. Here's your check. Go home." Wait, but so well, that's but, but that's not quite. That's the thirty but then seconds he, but, but before. Then, but then he gets on stage and he's okay. But yeah, then the adrenaline hits him and he and he yeah. lights up. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's there, that, that's that's the thing that I like. So, some of the comics I know is that they're maniacs before they're on stage and on stage that mania is their bliss. Yeah. Does he uh, ever? Did he talk about like because? I, does he remember his time on stage? Or does he like black out? No, he uh, not in the movie. Doesn't talk about it, but he did tell me that there's times where he thinks he's more thinking about like whether he has to do laundry that night. Like <laughs> it's so rote for him. <laughs> like he's like you know like like right, Mick Jagger can probably go on stage and do his act and, and not even think about what lyrics he's screaming out. Mm-hmm. Like he he's that he's that into it. Like. Hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm bummed I haven't seen it. Where, where can we see it now? Is it like where is it out? Yeah, it's gonna uh, November third. It's gonna be at IFC Center in New York City, awesome, uh, where we opened up Harmontown. And has it had any uh, like festival? Yeah, it was. It's premiered at Tribeca. It's in a few festivals. And November tenth, it's gonna be in LA at the Fine Art Lemley Fine Art in Wilshire and the Lemley Monica in Santa Monica. I mean, I, I really want to see it in the theater. Like, I know that we're friends, and like you've uh-huh. offered to like send me the file and, yeah, look, yeah. and and watch it, or you, or if you have, I was out of town and didn't know, but like. I'm such a fan of Gilbert's that I'm really looking forward to just seeing. Uh, also, I like, and you know, not not to blow smoke up you. Like, I like the fact that you, your weird uh, <laughs> fetish is finding strange lifestyles and then documenting them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. well, it's Beauty's uh, embarrassing. It's so gorgeous, and you know. Yeah, you've got this trilogy now of amazing people. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I can speak from experience because as we talk about, like, you're definitely not. There's all these different documentary philosophies. Errol Morris might say, uh, "No, I don't. There, there's no such thing as truth. I just want to tell a story. I, it's like I'll shoot extra footage. I don't." Um, the, 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 the measly brothers or whatever the fuck they were. <laughs> Mazels. Not a documentary. Mazels. Uh, yeah. Right? The, there's, I, was, I saw a documentary about documentary masters and I was like, yeah. I was amazed to realize like, holy shit. Yeah. Documentary does not just mean roll the camera and what happens happens. Yeah. They made, you, however, they, they made salesmen, right? The, yeah. 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 That, that, yeah. That, like that's the first cl- Academy Award. Yeah. That, that's kind of cl- like a little close to what you do. I would say like, yeah, like, you, you, you follow around lonely people <laughs> and it's, it's beautiful, and but it's also no no seasoning, no Lowry's, yeah. no salt. Like they they gather footage and then they piece it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's well, that's the that's the thing that's tragic and, and sad. like you told me. We tie us. You say, hey man, this Gilbert thing is a good idea, and you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure there's going to be much of a story there. <laughs> you were right. It was really hard. But to there's not, there's not really like, a story. You thought I was hard. <laughs> that's not really a story to Harmontown. Well, yeah, like I guess, yeah, that's probably what it was. Is we're coming off of like I would have thought yeah. a year before or before we did our time together. I would have thought. Fucking a, make a documentary out about me. Obviously, that's what I thought. Yeah, but then again, and then, and then, and then again, I was like, if yeah. there is any story, like 
like in terms of like story structure to it, it's almost the the, the, the story becomes more about the audience than us. Yeah, and Spencer is yeah. Whole Spencer journey. Spencer goes on a journey, and the audience is like like we we learn something about what draws. Har- Harmenians to the show, yeah, and that like every time I watch the Harmontown movie, it's I I I, I tear up at the, the beautiful things that the, the, the our guests say. They're yeah, like, I had to watch that movie again recently for this thing I was doing. I'm very proud of that movie. I, I really, I really. Not to toot my horn, but I'm really proud of the way it came together. And I remember when you got your job back, you said, uh, got some news for you. Give me a call or something. I saw you and you go, you're welcome for your third act. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least your credit bed. No, no, the credit bed was putting Spencer on the show. Yeah. But, but yeah, and it was McGaffey who said, just talk. I mean, we were struggling so much. You were like editing and editing and editing and like, and then I remember it was, yeah, it was McGaffey who was like, tell yeah. him to make it about Spencer, you fucking idiots. You know, like, cause I, it was I like, this oh. great photo that like the first day that I was, uh, with you shooting, and uh, oh fuck, who's the camera guys? Um, R- oh, Ryan, Ryan, yeah. And we were at Dan's house, and Dan and Aaron were kind of in a little bit of a tiff. And there's this shot uh, that I just picked up my camera, and I have a picture of you with your camera, <laughs> and Dan just. <laughs> like glowering at his kitchen t- or at the dining room table I and Aaron, Aaron looking miserable I'm like, like oh fuck that was day one of Harmon's <laughs> like, let's all get in a bus and go around the country together one of the first days was actually in this booth you brought me in here when it was full of those taxes and there were like notary machines the not- those things that make the notary the stamps it was in the- we have footage of that and then oh, after, yeah. the, after the tour the day we got back you're standing right there, and you said you're like talking to the camera, and said, "Yeah, someday there'll be podcasting." Oh, that's right. We, we started. Right. We started the tour. No, yeah, outside. you have footage. I was talking. I forgot. I didn't even connect that. I I, I wasn't saying that for your benefit, but yeah. I remember you have footage. And I said I was in that doorway, and uh, and I said one of the douchiest like <laughs> talk about edge lord. Uh, I I but I remember saying in the doorway there, I was like. Yeah, Sony always thought they knew more about writing than me. Let's see if I can run a studio better or something like that. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, you're going to, what a douche. But, and day one, our driver, Jason, uh, we had this awesome tour bus outside. That's the, tour, the tour bus in the movie. Uh, Jason's kind of underrepresented in that film, I think. He's kind of in it, right? Yeah, he's not really in it. He wouldn't, he kind of, he got really good at dodging the cameras. Yeah, he, yeah. he was hilarious and he was a maniac and he, he was like a Hunter S. Thompson character. That was one of the best. That was fun, man. And that we, we, we were outside. I, yeah. I would love to do it again. Aaron, outside of Starburns, right here in the parking lot, had bought 100 million t-shirts to, to bring <laughs> on the bus, so we didn't have room for anything. Like, there was no room for camera equipment or anything. And Jason, the driver, was like, fuck this, I quit. I'm going back to Arizona. Like, like this is a nightmare. Like, that, the, the beginning of that, I had made a prediction, and I think I even said it on camera to you. I was like, there's no way we make all these shows. There's no way we get to all these shows. It's wintertime. We're going to be on the East Coast. Sick. And somehow Jason got us to every goddamn gig on time. Yeah. He was a genius. Did you hit snowstorms? Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, going to, yeah, going to Colorado. And, and, and uh, Salt Lake City, we were up to our hips. Like, it was... Yeah. And, no, it was crazy. Like, you... I mean... I, it would have been a better movie if we didn't make it to some shows. There are people <laughs> in, 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 in other parts of the globe that would... Yeah. Like, I... I but, but short of, like... Well, more so than... Uh, the worst turbulence I've ever been in on a plane, but slightly less so than like maybe the couple times where I thought I was drowning. Um, I, I, on that bus, I experienced like moments where I was like, fuck, we're going to die <laughs> because it went, and it wasn't really because it was empirically, it was like not as turbulent as the planes, it, it, but it was, it was the fact that there was just no 
visual sense of what was happening. All we knew yeah. is that we were on this like road and that the driver couldn't see and that it was all white outside <laughs> and just like just white. And he was supposed to have chains on his tires but didn't do it because it's bad for the bus, which is illegal, but he still got us through. Well, if you watch the extended cut, it's in the extended cut of Harmontown. There's shots where he is ripping down the highway and cars are pulled over and you can hear other uh, truckers going, oh, this guy's going way too fast. Yeah. Here comes his bus. He was listening <laughs> to that. They're coming and that's what I loved about it. He was the Elon Musk of, of drivers. Because he he would he was listening to their chatter and they were going like what the hell's wrong with that guy? And it's like uh, because I'm not a slave to the revenue system or something. I think it was like day two on the road because our first stop was Arizona, right? Uh, or we were doing like Phoenix first or something like that. Phoenix, like, yeah. Um, and he had just gotten to know us and didn't like us all that much. And uh, we had stopped at like a Walmart or a, like or something to get like supplies, like to get like you know. Yeah, drinks and fruit and food and whatnot. And I came back onto the bus, and he didn't know that I was on the bus. He was walking around muttering to himself, "These <laughs> fucking savages, savages, savages." <laughs> but that was kind of his bit, right? And, 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 so I, and... I, I sat down. I go, "Oh, are you Hunter S. Thompson fan?" Because that's a word that Hunter always uses. He goes, "Yeah." And we sat down and we talked and we became friends and gradually he loved us. Yeah. But he pretended that he hated our guts. Mm. Also, he was armed to the fucking teeth. He had an arsenal <laughs> of firepower on that thing. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> like a, a, a lot of truck, a lot of bus drivers do. They have lots of weapons to to like save the day. He he had guns. The people see that movie and they always ask me like, was that a rough time? Was that hard? Because they see some of the shots where we're in the room having some you know dark, intense conversations, and I always say, no man, that was a lot of fun. It was a like, ball. It's, to, to eat and drink and wake up in a new town every day. Apparently, when I left, because I left when you guys were in Denver and somewhere else. That's right. You left. Yeah. I, I, had, yeah. I had I had yeah, to go like do paying gigs and came back, and the the crew looked at me and like, oh boy. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? Like, Aaron and Dan have been going at it. Like, apparently, you guys had had a real bang up, like, like dr- drunken row on on the bus the night before, and they're they're like, like, we're happy you're back to kind of keep order. <laughs> we were we, we 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 were too similar. I mean, I've been I, I I'm respectfully silent about our breakup because number one, it was mutual, it was amicable, and more importantly, number two, like when Aaron and I. When I first started talking about how we got divorced, um, there was a night at Meltdown where um, one of the interns came up to me and handed me a note from a young lady in the audience. And it said, uh, um, when I was a, a 10 years old, my parents uh, divorced and I had to choose which of my parents to uh, live with. And, the, uh, you know, I... I, I chose my father and had to listen to nothing but um what a cunt my mother was um for the next 20 years of my life and it never it never changed and i just want to thank you for having a divorce and respecting your ex-wife wow. and and i was it was like it, and it was it was exactly what i was thinking in my head when i was like i was like okay this is it and let's you know Aaron and i spent our courtship and our marriage Instagramming and talking and airing dirty laundry and we made a documentary and warts and all and the whole thing was about transparency. It was ironically it was about transparency of a couple of individuals who were so into transparency because we were both so meta, so performance oriented. Our entire relationship was 
it was like a boat made of water. It was, it was like simultaneously like the the best idea in the world and the worst. It's like you're already sinking. It's made of water. Uh, but no, it's per, it's like fucking the best boat ever. It, there was it was one and the same. We, we she and I both were so meta and so. It, it, it was like in part in the documentary, like the reason why that added just even more um, twists and pressure was because Aaron and I would sit and watch documentaries together. And Aaron was so savvy, so smart, was such a, uh, you know, a mentor to me as a feminist. You know, I'd listen to what she would have to say about female uh, 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 characters and or real people in media and how they were being, uh, you know, betrayed, supported, attacked. Uh, and, you know, she went into that documentary going, God damn it, I am not going to be the documentary wife. I'm not going to be the documentary mother. This is like, it's a very, very chiefly female role about, in the documentary about exceptional people. There's like a female threshold guardian that their talking head is all about like, well, Dan thinks he's special, but the truth is he needs to eat more, uh, 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 vitamins or whatever. And you just like want to throw your shoe at the TV and go, boo! And, and, and she was like obsessed with, I'm not going to be that person. And the irony was, you know, and then, and then add to that my obsession with like, oh, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be all these other people like that I have in my head. Did, Gil- and, did Gilbert, like, is, it, with his wife or friends and family of his, was, was, were there relationships that were, were like important to the Gilbert documentary? Uh, his sister, yeah. yeah. His sister who passed away a few weeks ago. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, with, that's a big, big part of the story. Not not her passing away, but what her she has she had cancer and were they close? Very. He he. That's again. I I, did, I knew nothing about the guy, but every day that he wasn't working, he would do this like three mile walk to the Lower East Side to visit one sister, over to the West Village to visit the other, and then back home. Deeply, wow. deeply devoted to his family. That's great. Incredibly. And 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 when they're together with the family, that does that. Is, is, are they like, uh, cause there's people who are deeply devoted to family who are like, uh, they're just always like yelling at each other and then there's people who are like best friends. No, they're, they're, they're he, confrontation's not his thing. He, he would never, you know, I think if you came at him, he would just cower. They talk about like seltzer and, you know, news weather, you know, <laughs> they don't, it's like most classic older generations. Which that, I now understand because, uh, it, it that that's, like it is in this tumultuous year where my relationships with myself and everything it's like i i i just realized oh that's where family's supposed to go is this spot between yourself your friends society and then there's this it's your family like and it's supposed to be conversations about weather <laughs> it's 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 almost like if you can just not hit each other and you just all recognize. I, I, I guess I learned that from watching Cody and her family. Yeah. That, that, does that does that affect like I, I know about your relationship with your parents, but, uh, but as you get older and you know mature, do you are you ever going to start reaching out and communicating with them, or is it just going to be something that just? I'm 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 always. I mean, I don't have an acrimonious relationship with my family. I I just there's just no. I just don't have the, what what Cody has with her family and what I observe with other people where you have a you have a it's like the default is connection and if there is no connection something's wrong which to me that 
I'm looking at that as an abnormal person and saying that's normal. That should be normal. Is, is she? Is she? Does the family hug? I love you. Are they? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, we say yeah. My, my family, but and it's like weird because I'm like a bred from the same family, but it's like I I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. But let's get you know. It's like and then then you're gonna go like yeah. It's like. That's why we like, I think, those myths about, like, the Adams family or, like, misfit, you know, like, when you, when you lock into, like, a, oh, this family, they're kind of, like, they do things differently, like, they're not, like, that, that white bread family that, like, does things by rote, but, like, but it's, like, we love, we fetishize those, like, outlaw families and things because they, 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 they're, oh, they're so different and they're so weird and they're so, they, they have such a different way of expressing it, but the default, everybody kind of agrees, every primate agrees in their fiber that like, yeah, but if you don't have unconditional kind of like a connection, and so that involves ritual and tradition and stuff, but I think that my family, like, I think when we were trying to engage in tradition and ritual, we were so ulcerated about it. Like, 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 like we, and and that my parents actually cr- had a triumph while I was growing up of 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 going you know what we don't have to do things this way and that way and for them they had to realize that family didn't have to be this thing about rules and stuff because if they and, and then but then the and that was good but I'm babbling but I was going to ask so with our thing it was like a big threat that well we're getting to the end of the tour this movie's obviously going to span the tour. So where's the story? Where's the story? And that's why it was a great thing in post for Aaron to say, like, make it about Spencer. We're like, oh shit, you can, you can make it about Spencer. He just goes on the tour and then you're done. You got a story. Um, your, your two other documentaries, you're going to the person's house. You can theoretically just keep going there forever as long as you want. Yeah. So I guess my question to you is, like, is there, uh, is there a, is there a point where you go, I got it, uh, in that case? I, I, yeah, well, in this one, yeah, there was. Like, his sister was really like, okay, I see. There, There's no, like, he's not doing, he doesn't do anything. He's not writing an act. He's not doing a one-man show. So there's no, like, thing to right. watch. He's not trying to get a, a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There was an Adam West documentary. Yeah. It's like, you want to hook into some kind of goal. Yeah, yeah. We, so he's not doing that, but there was a moment where his sister let me capture something um, that he's very much a part of. And that kind of tied it all, and I felt like, okay, that's that's where he, we see him rise up, because we hear about the Affleck thing and him screwing that up and getting his job, and and then we go through this whole uh, talk about comedy's role in society and too soon and all that, and then we see the result of that, the way he deals with that. Um, but yeah, there was a moment where I was like, okay, that's where I think we can we can tie this up. But yeah, you could you I could still be shooting right now, like you could shoot forever. Do you do you have something else like like? Uh, are you the kind of person that has three other people that you want to go d- document or? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's a few that I'm, t- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you did an interview with Piscopo, I'm sure you, when he walked out, you're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> sequel. <laughs> He's got a million He's questions. A, yeah, interesting guy. <laughs> no, I do have, a, I mean, I really do have a lot of questions for him because it's like, we, I, I, I see, the, 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 the I, I, no, I, I'm not actually, a, I, Dan and I talked. I like. I, I love that writers' room idea. Like that's that fascinates me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm obsessed with that, but I just don't think that all. Yeah, like I said, it's like, like I was just telling him, like you gotta just. I mean, yeah, just just like when can we just 
just cover a writer's room for a season of television. I, I, from that would be fantastic. Just, just, when we came back, like Rick and Morty was in full swing, and I met Justin and Rob was here and Dino, and I was like, hey, Dan, um, maybe we should get cameras on this because these people are really interesting. There's also like, uh, I do a lot of shows like at theaters, you know, like performing arts centers and, yeah. you know, theaters around the country and Canada and other places, and uh, you talk to the stage managers there that have been there a long time, and all the stories they have, it's really fantastic. Yeah. Just, I, I just always ask, like, who is just here? <laughs> and they go, well, Andrew Dice Clay was here, and that was a little interesting, and they tell you the stories, it's so... Like, <laughs> like, like you, you get to know a little bit about Andrew Dice Clay, about wh- how fucked up he was before the show, peed on the back wall, was <laughs> disappeared for a while, no one knew where the fuck he was, and then walked out, and killed, <laughs> like 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 was completely blacked out, and then just went out there and destroyed. Then after the show, dead, you know, just like 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 inoperable. Right. Carry him back onto the bus. So interesting, because if you're that person's doctor and you go like, okay, so it looks like you're com- incredibly miserable. <laughs> um, right before you go on stage and do this character that you've been doing for forty years, and then you go back to being miserable. Have you considered? <laughs> But this is, that's easy for me to say because I'm not a stand-up. I don't have the discipline, like, you know, like, like, like and which is going to be a dying craft thanks to assholes like me uh, in this technology where it's like, oh, I just want a guy I can <laughs> relate to. And it's like, well, then how will you ever become a Gilbert Gottfried? How will you ever become Does Gilbert have, like, Patton Oswalt? Any depression? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause that's, that's, well, he's got that, that classic thing that a lot of celebrities have of this is all going to go away someday. Uh-huh. Like this could this could be gone tomorrow. The phone could stop ringing. He talks about that in the movie. A, a, a lot of stand-ups I know, and a lot of like really successful comedians have a certain degree of depression. Yeah, that, that like there's 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 a real. I think I think happiness makes him depressed. Right. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. a very Dino and I talk about that all the time. Yeah, like we we consume our happiness through sadness, uh-huh. which. If you're a biology student, it, it makes a lot more sense. It doesn't sound as paradoxical because that's what digestion is. You get you you take things in from the outside world and you you use like catalyzing enzymes to subvert them, change them, and you make them into something that you can then draw energy from. And like Dino and I are like cynics. So if there's a reason to be happy, like for instance, hey, our movies nominated for an Oscar, um, you know, we're not going to just, we can't just take that form of energy <laughs> and translate it into something that powers us. We have to pour booze or jokes or self-loathing or self-destruction on that so we can, like, suck it up like Brundlefly into our system, you know, like, um, and, I, and, I, and I do, and but but for that reason, I do find that, like, people think that I'm more fucked up than I feel. But I think that people perceive me as less happy than I am. Well, because if I'm happy, you'll know because I'm listening to M83 and like, like, like sound like I'm about to blow my brains out. But it's like, because that's when I'm like, I'm Tony Stark. What's there left to do but be Bruce Wayne? You know, I'm going to like look out the window at Gotham and like drink a drink and be like, fuck. I this feel like world. The, 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 the times that I, that, that I've, I look back on our friendship, Dan, as of like the times I thought of you as your kind of your most open and happy weren't the times where you were totally on top of the world. Like, like you, you are happy now because like things are going well and you are happy. But when we were really, Struggling and confused and didn't know where, like, where we were going or what was going to happen. Like, there was a, like, a free fall, like, feeling of, 
like joy in that. There was for some of that, but then when you were successful and I wasn't, you know, uh-huh. you, I remember you saying to me, we got in a fight and an instant message and I, something that you said that stuck with me because I was like, he's right. It was like, or not right about right or wrong, but I was like, listen to this, take this in that you said like, I, I don't even, I'm starting to tell you less about my successes because I don't want to hear you have to choke out a, 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 a congratulations. <laughs> Which was like, you know, I've observed that in other people. It was like, there, there, that's important to note, you know, cause I also, now that I'm in my forties, I'm like, ah, oh, man, when we were in our twenties and we were broke, we were so happy. Yeah, but then one of your 20 year, that, we, we were happy in each other's arms. Yeah. Spiraling down a drain well, of eternity. Well, well, well you, we needed, we needed friendship to survive. And so that felt like joy because, and, and, because and we would hug and cry. Friendship is more intense and a lot easier when there's no money changing hands. Yeah. That's what it is. Friendship, family, th- th- that, that makes you happy. And, and, and so when you're broke, like you have a much easier chance of of having like really strong friendships yeah. and really because well, like, we, we we needed each other to make it <laughs> like you were paying my bills and then I was paying your bills and then you were paying my bills yeah and, and if we had it all to do over again we might go maybe it's not about making it maybe we nailed it with the friendship <laughs> uh, anyways but well, uh, I I did want to say what well I wanted to ask one thing which was that um because. Well, that's, that's something that really annoys me at the TCAs or whatever when people ask. It's like, as a person who's famous for putting his foot in his mouth and saying fucked up things and like, Gilbert's got the whole too soon experience and the Affleck firing all this stuff, like, I hate it when people ask me this, but I am curious about it with Gilbert. Are there any regrets? Like, like, would you do it different? Would, uh, would I, would do, I, does he, does he address that in the movie? Do you ask him that in the movie? Like, no, are would you, would you go back and like, he's famous for that moment in the, in the roast where he does the first 9-11 joke on like 9-12 and, no, uh, the, the closest we get to addressing that is that he, that Affleck thing only made him more popular. You know, he, he said nothing of it. He would say. It certainly put him on the right side of comedic history. Yeah, yeah. Nothing he's ever done has hurt him that bad. And most of the things he's done has propelled him. Like, you know, Jeff Ross says at the end of the movie, you know, he sells out. He's, he's more popular than ever. He's gigging all the time. You know, so yeah. That's fantastic to hear. Yeah, because that's what I always say to those people. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to. I run my mouth. I burn my bridges. I fucking... But here I am. I'm very happy. Like, I I don't regret anything. I don't want to go back in time and, like, say the perfect thing to... Uh, the New York Times in that one interview. I'm sorry I made that one joke. I'm sorry that that offended people, but like, I, I think that the, the, the biggest thing you and Wayne and Gilbert have in common and people like you is that you're gonna do it, but you don't think about the money or the success or the failure. You do this thing, you put it out there, whether it works or not. Like, I, th- I think, but I think everyone wants to be like that. Everyone wants to, everyone would love to just not push people around and be a raging maniac, but just people would like to do whatever they want to do that day. Yeah, just to find out, like, that's what's great about documentaries, especially, like, I mean, all film, or all good film, is that there's permission to be strange, permission to be odd and flawed, and there's, uh, there's like a, a liberating feeling when you watch that. Like, like, to, to know that, like, yeah, you can be sad and, still be funny yeah and you can be lonely and still be happy occasionally you can you know you can make it and feel like a failure yeah so can you can you we we don't all get to have a moment in our lives captured in an hour and a half movie can you watch that objectively and see a different person can feel different now or can you 
Is that, I don't know. I, well, I haven't watched it. I can't. Or I mean, I mean, like, do you feel? Because you had a lot going on then, like, in, in personally and professionally. A lot I, going on now, but do you feel like a happier person or a definitely happier? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, but, well, I, but that's really weird. I don't, but I don't want to say like, 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 like I saw a kid. Like, I call everybody kids, but, 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 like. There was a kid that made a YouTube video that I, I don't know how I ended up here because I can't Google myself anymore. But I I, lo- I wound up on some YouTube video, and it was like I don't know something like Dan Harmon. Uh, it didn't say Dan Harmon's a piece of garbage, and here's why. So I c- bothered to click on it, but it was something like Dan Harmon uh, uh, and the meta narrative or something like that. And it was it was a, it was a guy who was talking about how he has been following my career since the beginning and he was using clips of all work from community and Rick and Morty and uh, acceptable TV and 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 the movie and he was explaining that you know just these sort of like weird things about how like I don't even know how to say. It. It, it, I, I, watching that YouTube video, which included so much of the documentary, which uh, th- that it was a tool that that guy used to put together a thesis that wasn't about how cool I was, but that was about how cool he was allowed to be. I thought, like, like how he was learning from me that 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 storytelling, uh, the fucking up, uh, uh, succeeding, uh, uh, famous, rich, self destructive, uh, 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 failure, failure, uh, 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 impoverished, like death, life, like 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 who gives a fuck? Like 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 <laughs> shove them all in a thing. You're not gonna get to manage your image, and uh, like the guy was like clearly drawing some permission from that to do what he wanted to do. And I was I was exceptionally happy in that moment of that that we made this movie, yeah. even though we did, haven't made a goddamn dime off of it. <laughs> That's how, how like <laughs> wait no nobody ever made money off no it? how I, what, we had uh, we had a million t-shirts. I don't understand. I was uh, the reason we made that movie. You know what we to do. To be perfectly frank, is because I was wa- I was watching an Apple TV and there'd just be documentaries every week and come up and go. It'd be like, I went backpacking across Iraq and I sure made some new friends and I'd be like this motherfucker's rich right now <laughs> and I'm like, not. It was the, the, Craig's, <laughs> the Craigslist movie. You can bring that. <laughs> yeah, the guy's like. like I <laughs> I thought I'd use Craigslist to Craig some lists. This documentary is called Craigliston. Uh, but you, you know what we should do, guys? And I'm, I'm only no, I'm not joking. We let's do the European tour, and then it's the Steve Levy story. Like, like we, but we, just we, so we you have know, to... I mean, but 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 we have to agree. We're not doing it for money. No, like, yeah, no, that's what I understand. No, no yeah. you're going to lose a hundred grand on the tour bus. <laughs> Fantastic, like a good forty fifth birthday present to myself. We do, let's, it, let's it, do yeah. that again. I mean, yeah. would, would that would, yeah, I, I I, and, and be honest, like like was. It, is there any angle that makes you as a filmmaker want to go do that or or, ju- or just to go yeah. hang out? I think it'd be fun. It'd be great. Like, I, I, those, some of the choices we made, like, we brought, every, like, remember we brought rolls of green screen? Like, we, we, oh, had, we thought, we, we had thought, no idea. Also, we had those, we had, there was a chance we, we had those ear cameras. Show. We had those ear cameras that we thought we're going to wear these all the time. Yeah. We wore those twice. And, However, uh, it, like, that worked like, out. Yeah. We got, you know, I mean, like, yeah, the you, one of you in the bathroom on the bus. Yeah, really you cast good. a wide net and I'm wearing a fucking lipstick cam on yeah. my ear in a drunk blackout uh and the, the entire time he's editing the thing i'm like i got i got that ear cam at home yeah i got that thumb drive and i was like i would ha- i would be like i still got it it's like, <laughs> i was like so tormented like god damn it your movie doesn't have wow, this moment and i think it's on my ear cam because i woke up with it on my ear <laughs> and a solo cup in my hand uh, well, there um, also is a thing that I, uh, that 
like I, I don't do drugs. I don't do coke anymore. But apparently, the last time I did it was caught on audio. That there there was audio of me. Can in we the, tell that story? I, I fuck yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't do it anymore. So I, we can talk about the past. But there, the the last time I did it was on that tour. Yeah, and I had a little bit left with There's me. There's two parts of that story, though. Okay. There's me hearing about it, and then me telling Dan. The first part is, <laughs> I was called in the edit bay, and they go, "Hey, um." We don't know what to do with this, but there's no picture. It's just audio. Anyway, here it goes. And it was, it was, don't stop believing. <laughs> it was a super, it was a power mix of like five cities in a row. Cause you, yeah. and it was like, the formula didn't waver. Oh, he God. doesn't know anyone's listening. It's like, it makes you fall in love with a small town girl. <laughs> we were wearing microphones the entire time. Like, I could go to the bathroom. No one's, no one's listening. And then, then, there, yeah. there was, there was a, there was a, uh, come on down to Harmontown. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so good. Jesus and then Christ. I came in and told Dan, I said, yeah. And he goes, when? When was this? And I said, Brooklyn. He goes, you go, that motherfucker. Yeah, of course. I asked him every night if he had any. <laughs> and he, well, I, he I asked I, him all the way to Brooklyn. I, I, I had some at the very beginning, and then I found the rest of it at the end, I think. <laughs> That's why Coke's no good, kids. Like, go get a prescription to Adderall. Like, <laughs> Coke, I, I've, 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 I stopped doing Coke when I got my Adderall prescription. I and I I st- also stopped lying to my friends, you know, <laughs> like and stopped and stopped like putting myself in situations where I might get pistol whipped. But the best was it was the singing between lines. <laughs> no, that's the thing is like you would fall in love with Jeff as a character in a sitcom because it was like so faithful. <laughs> Bathroom door hinges, and then a classic, a standard being flawlessly intoned, and then a tap, and then a. <laughs> <laughs> Between, just between two. <laughs> I, I, I admire your sensitivity because you, you asked me and said, hey, we're not going to ever show this. We're not going to use it in the film. Yeah. Uh, like, you want me to destroy this? Only four people know about it. I'm like, yeah, let's let's just leave that. <laughs> but time has passed and we can talk about that. That trip was so fun. I, like, I, oh I, I, I want to find a reason to do that any other time well, you, again. You do it all the time. But there is, you mentioned it once, there is that feeling, like, you do feel like a rock band walking into these clubs with your cameras, you know, it's, yeah. the, it is like a and, cool... And the, the, the tour bus getting on and off those buses? <laughs> well, I tend to process everything through negativity and regret instead of just going, oh, that was so fun, but it's like the the most enthusiastic thing I can say about the idea of doing that again is, god damn it, I, it was wasted on me. Because I watched the documentary and I'm like... Motherfucker, CBS don't give a shit about your script. It ain't never gonna be on CBS. Well, because you weren't writing it. Well, I, I was trying, but it was like, it was like, don't, like, just have fun. There like, was like, that beautiful like, moment also, when like, Aaron Fox was helping got, you with it. Like, yeah. that, that when you and Aaron, like, like, actually were working together, that was a really beautiful, like, I, relationship I, I, moment. I, 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 there are people right now waiting for work from me that it's like, it's like, come on, this is just part of the, like, like, fuck, like, like, the, my definition of when I was unacceptably over a deadline was as dumb as my decision to take those jobs and as dumb as my decision to not have the time of my life in uh, on this bus. The question would be, am I the kind of person that just can't have fun? You know, can I not go, Jesus Christ, I'm on a tour bus. This rules. This is so fun. 
Um, well, I think that it goes back to that, that that stress of happiness. You find a way to screw that up, maybe. It's it's well, it's I, but I've I've been in therapy since then, which is something that I swore against back. You know, in those days, I was somebody that was famous for my rants about how therapy's not worth it. And I've been in therapy since, and one of the things I've been d- unpacking is the fact is the the possibility of being addicted to um, stress and misery and stuff, and because it's your comfort zone, because comfort's different from happiness. So you're just like, oh, I know. I know what to do. I'll be overworked. I'll have a I'll have a deadline. I'll 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 have shit to do. And I do think w- what's changed because ask anybody that's waiting for work for me right now. I'm not under that stress. <laughs> Much to their chagrin, they're gonna get their money back. I'm like, I've now entered this like new th- uh, age. I think where I'm like. Fuck work. Like, it's the dumbest, and it will not prove that you're a good person, and it will not make you happy, and, uh, so. But you're, really- you're, you're, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Your, your work is a huge part of, like, your identity. identity yeah, yeah, no shit. And that's, and that is, like, I'm not gonna say that's the problem, because if I, like, like, that's not good. Like, like that, that's, cause that doesn't last. But if your work is your identity, guess what? Yeah. You, then you stop existing. But, 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 yeah, then it's, but I mean, why do I, like, why should I believe that you're ever going to stop doing that? I think like, like that's, that's, that's what you love. You love, you love creating things. You love getting unconditional love from strangers because you made a good thing. I think the thing that'll change is just, I think the thing that is changing now is that, is that Rick and Morty, Quite frankly, if I can open source my career here for a second, Rick and Morty was always a wonderful, amazing, incredible, fun thing to execute that was always about half of my overhead of living. My price of freedom, the price that I have to pay my masters um, in order to eat shit, fuck, jerk off, watch, sleep... Blah, 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 whenever I want, in whatever quantity I want, pick up the tab when I go to dinner, fly first class wherever I go, say yes to any time anyone says, come here, fly here. There's a, there's a, there's a nut on that, as they say in grody boiler room, uh, language. There's an overhead. It's a little over half a million dollars a year. Rick and Morty for the duration of my contract was like generating around half of that. So I had to like, number one, I could I couldn't just do Rick and Morty. Number two, I had to always dread Rick and Morty going the route of community. Because Rick and Morty started as an exit strategy from community. So now everything that's changed is like Rick and Morty I it's not gonna stay this like incredible like holy shit, what's this show? Everyone wants to talk about it to the point where variety is printing headlines. Tr- Sadly, awkwardly trying to link us to Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's when you know you've really succeeded when there's like clickbait headlines that are like, "What does Harvey Weinstein have to do with Beavis and Butthead?" Like, that's when you know you're Beavis and Butthead. Um, the the answer is nothing except fucking clicks. Um, th- th- so this is a show with momentum. This is a show that I could I can settle into, and I can pay myself to actually do and that's a huge difference from when you knew me and from for the last that's the thing that's changed mm-hmm. is that I can actually go oh uh I don't think Turner's going to go out of business I don't th- and unless so unless the world just literally pfft, like collapses and and if it does then who cares like 
I, I now can see that I can have one job. And that's, that's never been the case since I was 11. That's great. Well, that now get fired from it so we can make another documentary with Neil Berkeley. <laughs> no, I want to do the documentary where I'm happy. All right. Thank you, everybody. That's been our Harm in Town. Steve, what the- Steve Levy. <laughs> we didn't even play Dungeons and Dragons. We don't have Spencer. Spencer There's no Spencer tonight. Neil Berkeley, everybody. Thank you, Neil. Thank you very and, uh, much. Um, yep. Check yep. out his movie, Gilbert. If you're not a Gilbert, uh, Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried fan already, uh, you will be afterwards. And if not, go YouTube the hell out of him. He's... Uh, one of my comedic heroes of all time. I was always looking at. I was looking at the thing. It said 113. Isn't that? Yeah, doesn't that mean that we've done less than? Uh, we've done seven minutes less than two hours. Yeah, yeah. But you know. Okay. There's no Spencer. Yeah. L- let's thank Church yeah. and Nolan seven and rap. Chris yeah. and Sarah and Brendan out there doing everything for us. Uh, I like it here in the booth. It's comfortable. Yeah. Once right, who's that guy on on, on Twitter that, that did the fuck your mama rap? Did you hear that thing? No, no. Just, Church. Who's that guy? Anybody know the guy's name on on, on YouTube? On YouTube, holy smokes! There's somebody. If, if you go to my tweets and my retweets, there's a cat that did a giant "fuck your mama" rap that is so good. Can we find it? Wait, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold, on, hold on. Yeah, if we can pull it up. Well, don't make me jealous. No, no. It's you're gonna be jealous. Should man. I open for him? Can I warm up? Let me see if I can find yo. it. Yo, yo, yeah. You open. Yo, yo, yo. Drop a beat on my foot. Okay. Here. <laughs> I saw your mama in the mall. I fucked her like a pack of palm malls. I saw your mama, she was six in feet the mall. tall. I saw her pussy and I said, that's it, y'all. I climbed up and I went in her womb. I saw your mama in a tomb. I went to New Orleans. It got flooded. I saw your mama and said, what, what did that do to me? And she said, it gave you pee, and I said, it gave you pee. I need more than pee. And she said, we want to teach you the ABCs. And she said, A stands for ah, uh, B stands for fuck. I couldn't, I couldn't, I thought that was, I thought that was going to go somewhere. All right. Yo, Neil Berkeley's <laughs> mama was born in a titty. New York City. Was born in a titty. Came out the nipple and said, it's me. My son's going to make documentaries. So he grabbed a camera, followed her around, and, and, and he only had picture, no sound. It's, that's called MOS, and it's from Otto Preminger, I think. No? All right. Yo, if you're a film major, what's up? Where'd your degree get you? What's up? <laughs> I dropped out of Marquette, and now I have more money than Patricia Arquette. <laughs> we don't know that. We don't know that. <laughs> that's, that's unverifiable. No one's going to argue it, though. All right, okay. No, it's verifiable. Right. We can find out right now. Yo. Patricia Arquette is a wealthy woman. I saw your mama... Uh, okay, alright. I can't rhyme that. Okay, alright. Here we go. Yo. 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 I'm not thinking of rhymes right now. I'm just waiting for a time to like... Okay. Church or somebody out there. Find, I can't hey, find the link to that. If your mom uh, was a sandwich, that guy's she'd rap. have ham and cheese, and I gotta hand it to her. She'd have a side of pickles. I fuck your mom so hard, she got fickle about it. Said, maybe I want it, maybe I don't. I said, well, it needs to be consensual, so I will wait for your answer. I and found she it. said, I'm a, your private dancer, so come in. And I gave her the f- time of her life. All right, I'm going to unplug out of my thing and go into my f- uh, phone. Oh, wait, no, shit, I don't have the phone thing. Doesn't have the phone thing. What do you mean? You can plug. You can unplug your iPad and... No, but I don't have the jack because I got the new phone. Uh, send me the link, send me the link. I'll do it. Okay, the guy's name is Rob Tantrum. 
I, there's a fucking story I have to tell about Cody, Cody that, that like I, it's got to wait till next week. But that's good that we have a backlog of material. <laughs> but can we also do Jeff? Is that, if you're gonna have, if you have the ability to play like live, like 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 like, I got get, it. can you find like a, get like a um, uh, a uh, new age kind of like Starfield like like hypnotic thing? Let's do like improvised like uh, uh, hypnosis tapes for people. Are we, allowed, <laughs> are we allowed to play this on the show? Um, are, let's right? do it. Uh, this, you want to give me the... Yeah, here's the jack. Let's just do this and get out of here, because we're going long. All right. We're not... Got, I mean, it's, you know... Oh, uh, no, we're I'm, like, looped around. Well, I got karaoke thing. to do and Fernet Bronca to drink. Yeah. Uh, I miss my girlfriend when I've been out of town. Okay. Uh... Uh, this yo, guy... Yo, 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 this one goes out to Harmontown and all my heart. This is amazing. Listen closely, I'm about to offer up a comprehensive account of all the mamas I fucked. A <laughs> compilation of my calculation with the mama population from the top of the that was through the bottom of the basement. It's a common conversation far as I'm concerned, cause I fucked every mama everywhere around the world. From Manhattan to Pakistan and then back again, except a handful of nations impacted by the travel ban. I, I fucked your mama, yo. I beat the odds, stuck my cock into like half of the globe. And all the ladies that just stayed in life, I'm macking on those. They carry babies now, they lay me, my packages. Gross. Yeah, I fucked your mama, yo. I gave her plenty D, she gave me 23 of your chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> poetic, your mama jokes are settling, I'm milking this milk bit. Geronimo, I fucked your mama in the rough like a diamond. Stuck it up a butt, then I nutted on the island. I fucked your mama on my own private island. Took the private jet, got her wet with my privates. I fucked your mama in the middle of the ocean, in the belly of the whale. Spring my load all over both tits. I fucked your mama, then she gave me a promotion. She promoted from Cause my dick is in a yeah. I fucked your mama, yo I'm sleeping with her, but she didn't bring pajamas, though Cause she sleeps in the puff with the teeth from my nuts Then I stuck your mama like she was an envelope I fucked your mama on a pile of forever stamps Don't need to lick it even cause your mama's hella damp But obviously I go down on her Then I go to town on her Then I fuck the rest of the town Cause I'm the mama champ I got a mama fucking fetish I sandwich two meaty mamas on a bed of lettuce I eat your mama's pussy cause she said I had to finish that before I ate dessert, you know how mamas be getting overprotected. <laughs> I fucked your mama at the dentist. She took me for a clean and put my penis in her then spit. I fucked your mama on the court after a game of tennis. But she needed an abortion, drove your mama to the clinic, and I fucked her there. Your mama stuck my dick through the hole in my underwear. I said, your mama, cause as far as names go, I'm unaware. What your mama's saying is, this isn't mama dating. It's purely mama fucking out of no me mama basic. Uh, no mama, why? Cause no one told me not to Run a mama brothel, all for me. They always offering to make waffles. I fucked a billion ladies who have raised children lately. I get the feeling I've become a soulless mama fucking villain. Huh, strange. I feel nothing. I fucked your mama, then I busted on her stomach. A couple months ago, this wasn't rushed, but something changed. I've adjusted, now my pulse is barely budging. I fucked your mama on a dragon in a dungeon. Your mama loved it, but for me, it wasn't fun. It's time a dozen. This is the hero's repercussion. But so the ultimate boom. But lo and behold, got multiple boom. Suddenly it's joyless. It feels pointless. Nevertheless, I fucked your mama on a toilet. I fucked your mama in a pond filled with koi fish. I fucked your mama with the antidote. My dick is poison. <laughs> 
Wait, is it fading out? Is yeah, it? that's a boost fade. Rob Tancham, R O B T A N C H. He just boost faded out because he's got nine more minutes of it. Because well, like, he could just keep going forever. Yeah. He's like yeah. tapioca pudding. I fucked your mama in Afghanistan, then back again, and a couple countries impacted by the travel ban. He became very self-aware at the end. No, at the end, that's what I was like. At the end, it was like he lost his joyless pointless and it's much around the toilet it's like he doesn't even know alright that's been Harmontown we're gonna we're gonna boost fade out thank you so much Neil Berkeley well, let's find that guy and, yeah. and bring him in oh yeah that, that's that's gorgeous shit Rob thank you for that we love you all Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed.